Diary of a Tired Black Man podcast, and we are joined with Freedom Unique DeCasa, aka Short Circuit, aka LABD, No Limit East Capo, aka Father of the Little Soldiers. Um, anything else you want to throw in there, big dog? Yep. Black man is God, man. And we tired. Exactly. <laughs> tired God. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure, man, um, for the folks out there that don't, that aren't familiar, because um, we're going to have some listeners that are familiar, we're going to have some that aren't familiar, and I'm going to definitely bring those up to speed who aren't familiar anyway, but um, give us a little introduction, a little, you know, a little introduction about yourself. Music, 
not to nobody, not to a president. That was one of the reasons I have a deal because I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, of course, you 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 weren't willing to really just um not compromise, but just give something up like that in a sense. I wasn't willing to separate from my music, so wherever my music went, I had to go. And so at this time, he was like, "Yo, let me get this." As soon as he heard the first couple of bars, and uh, I was, I looked at him, put my head down, I was huffing and puffing, and I just passed it to him. I was like, "Yo, just keep it real with me." And he gave me his number and everything. He said, "Yo, call me tomorrow around twelve o'clock, LA time, and all this." So, uh, you know, the next day I called him and shit, and he ain't pick up. I'm like, here we go with this sucker shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then he called back. He's like, yo, come downtown, LA, come right over here, blah, 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 blah. So me and my man jumps in the hoopty. We hit Crenshaw and Slauson over there with Nipsey Hussle got, you know, uh, ceased that and all these things. So we hit, we hit uh, Crenshaw, Slauson, we drove out, got on the highway, we went downtown. When we got down there, we pulled up, and this guy came out and shit. We didn't have cell phones back then. Unless they right. were illegal. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the guy came downstairs and he held the car down and told us to go upstairs to like the, I don't know, the, the 16th floor or something like that. Come As soon as we get up there, we see pictures of Ice Cube and uh, uh, Hove. It was priority records. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now, all we seen all them pictures, now everything was Master P, no limit, no limit, no limit. I'm like, oh shit, this guy owns his fucking office. So we get in the office, and uh, uh, Master P told me to, to, to play the music that I had. So I threw the music on a big system that they had. It was a big round table, and there was about 12 people in there sitting at the table, and him, okay. and me and my man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a vision. I'm, I'm visualizing it in my head as you go. I'm gonna continue, bro. <laughs> right. So, so they, they, uh, they rocking a little bit and shit. But to me, it's not enough. They not rocking hard enough. So I shut the music off, and I was like, listen, I call them right now. I said, yo, y'all got a speakerphone? They said, sure. So they, I got on the speakerphone. I'm calling them. And I called them and shit, and they was in, on the east. I called them, I'm like, yo, peace. And they was like, peace, pop, this, that, and the third. And after after they said that, I said, yo, I said, yo, I got Master P here and stuff like that. They had saw me watch his uh, I'm about it movie before, so they kind of knew who he was. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, he had the I'm about it joint out at that time. So, uh,. When, when they, they said peace to him and everything like that, he laughed because it was like these little boys sound so militant. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they, it was just that knowledge of self at that age. Of course, you can hear that, especially in their music and stuff. So, um, But we'll get into that. But so. Right. So uh, they said peace to him and everything like that. And then I said, all right, yeah. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, listen, hit this joint, Freequan. And uh, Freequan hit the joint. He hit the, he hit the joint. I said, stop. As soon as I said, stop, he stopped on the dime. Then I said, yo, I came, which is Freedom Unique. I said, yo, hit this. And he hit it. Blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, stop. He stopped on the dime. Then I went back to Free Kwan. I said, Free Kwan, hit this. Blah, 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 blah. He hit it. And I said, stop. He stopped. Then I hit it, uh, Freedom again. <laughs> he did it. Then I, when I hit Free Kwan for the third time, I said, yo, what's your age? 
And he, at the time, he was with me, so he didn't really speak normal. He not going to say six years old. He said equality years old. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm equality years old. Pop, you know how old I am. He got smart with me on the phone, and they start laughing and shit. But they didn't understand what equality they years didn't, old They man. didn't get the science on that yet. Right. They didn't catch it, you know what I mean? So then I said, yo, what's what's that age in other terms? And he was lost. He's like, what, what do you mean, other terms? You know what I'm saying? We speak mathematics. I said, what number is that? And he said, oh, I'm six years old. And they all, they, their mouth dropped to the floor. They didn't even have to get to, to his brother. So they heard because the shit he was spitting. You know what I mean? Of course. If, you, if you listen to the whole Soldier album and you hear some of the shit he was saying. Well, I, I was going to ask at that time, was that... um. Was it um? Because I know we heard a lot of the stuff on the Little Soldier album, and we can guess that that was the energy and the essence that the Little Soldiers were coming with from before. Because um, like everybody at No Limit, they had their own in unique sound and their own unique stuff that they rapped about. Nobody else wasn't really putting things together how they did at the same time. So, um, nah, they was lyrical. They was East Coast too. That was the difference. That was the, the difference. Yeah. We was the only group from the East Coast, so we didn't have the down south slur, we didn't have the down south slang, we had straight bars. And what, what was that like going into um like a label like No Limit with so much, you know, MCs, um <clears throat> definitely share of lyricists in its own right, some, you know, greater than others when it comes to lyricism and stuff, but um coming in from the East Coast and especially from, you know, the Mecca of of like hip hop and stuff like that and um what was did you you know was you well received? Cause if I remember right, y'all were the first real East Coast artist with no limit, right? We was the only, we was the only East Coast artist with no limit. The only East Coast shit they had did be, before that was with uh, Foxy Brown. Okay, yeah, they get had, the party started. Yep. Yeah, they had some Foxy Brown with me and X and, and, and P on it. You know what I'm saying? So um, we was the only joints out there, and initially. I wasn't signing. I had, you know, put everything into my sons. I wasn't signing. So this was only little soldiers you're talking about. They didn't hear me rhyme at all. Of course. All was my son. And so they, they received us well because they saw two little kids at them ages, six or seven years old, who was not playing. They wasn't talking about no... Uh, big money and all this. They was talking about school. They was talking about homework. They was talking about cleaning their room. They was talking, you know, but it was put in such an elegant, lyrical, hip-hop way that you can't deny it. Of course. And so... Uh, and they gave so, a lot so, of perspective for for the young generation, Um, even just talking about what it was like growing up in certain communities, having certain experiences, and really getting into the psyche of a young a young black child growing up, which um is... Right. That, know it's funny that today today is april 27th right yeah and april 27th is when the little soldiers boot camp album actually dropped so it's funny that we're on this conversation right now it's really this is how mathematics don't lie yeah. you understand what i'm saying yeah 1999 april 27th this day right here today is when the little soldiers boot camp album dropped wow no video that was see it's a whole difficult, I don't know, we would have to spend like five hours on the phone for me to get you to understand things. On No Limit, just let me try a little bit. On No Limit, everybody had a single on their album. Everybody. 
everybody had a single. And I say a single, they have a single with a video. At least one. Imaginary, right? Those soldiers didn't have no single because we came in so prepared for work. We had over 200 songs. You understand? These were six or seven years old. They couldn't really read and write, but they knew that they had 200 songs on their brain because I'm I'm a writer. I write all the time. I got over, I got about 23,000 songs written right now. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. So all I do, once my pen hit the paper, I'm gone. So at this time, it was the only group on No Limit, only artists on No Limit who didn't have a, a, a... like a single out video. Yeah, single. They, no, they had songs out, but it wasn't for it wasn't for their album. Master P took them songs and put them on different albums, and these albums was gold on platinum albums. I got you. Yeah. For instance, uh, Mean Green, Major Players. Me, that was the first one. Okay. You know. Which the song was called Close to You. Close to You is a song to the mothers. It's actually the first song ever in hip hop from a child to the mother. The first ever. It's the first ever song and it's called Close to You. And like I said, it's to the I, I remember it's, it's a very deep song. And I mean, even for a youngster to, right. you know, so poignant right, with the right. lyrics. And, t- and, 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 and it was like, uh, it, was, it was the actual song that Master P had heard in the airport when we went to the baggage claim that's the one he heard a few bars and he was like yo let me get this okay and, you know that's, that's the one and you know we shot the video for that like after i met master p we shot the video like like the next week after you know and uh i can go this this story is so crazy man i've been leaping all over the place i didn't even get to the part where when we was in the office that that first uh that second day I saw him, he gave me $10,000. He didn't want me to sign anything. He just gave me $10,000 and was like, all right, yo, go finish the album. Go back to the East and finish the album. You know what I mean? This was unprecedented in, in those days. In the because, get- of course. You know, they would give you a little bit of money and just be like, yo, sign your life away. That's the P. This is this is the street connected. Master P is a street dude. People don't I don't know why they don't recognize well, that I, he's from the streets. Well, I'm glad you you yeah. definitely said that because it, it was one of the things we wanted to touch on because especially you know we know how the industry is and and how the game is and and you know sometimes P he get a good rep and he get sometimes he get a bad rep from people who don't really understand that a lot of the stuff he didn't did he he didn't necessarily even need to do and he done things that. Especially at a point in the game where other people wouldn't have been willing to give people some kind of opportunities, or yeah, that's him. Yep, that's him. And, and they, you know, like I said, he gave me the ten thousand, and they have to sign nothing. I didn't even didn't want to take it because it just felt like robbery. Wow. What happened? This is what happened. What happened was he connected with another street nigga like he is. Yep. And so he, uh, just just by, remember you said earlier, you said, yo, you know how you really don't know a person, but you hear something and you say, yeah, that's one of the real ones? Of course. That's what Master P did. Yep. So Master P already knew that my honor and and him and I being like the same kind of people, that I was only going to return that, that, you know, I wasn't going to just take his money and just disappear, because I could have. Of course. He knew that wasn't going to happen. He knew I was going to stay to my word. He knew this is the, this is the difference between 
these streets and these suburban-minded people. The streets have a code, and a lot of people don't understand that. This is why we don't snitch. This is why we don't rape. This is why we don't, you know, backstab and stuff like that. Because we have that code that we live by, that honor, that honor that was passed to us by our mothers or our fathers or both, or our grandmothers or aunties or what have you. Right on. The streets, streets teach you these things. And he knew that code. He was familiar with that code. So him giving me 10 grand and not knowing me from a can of paint, not knowing where I live, no address, no nothing. He didn't get none of that. Wow. He just gave me G's and was like, yo, go finish the album. When you finish with it, call this number. You know what I'm saying? And so that's 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 the start of it. It, it gets more critique than that, but I have to save that for another time. I mean, of course. It, it, I mean, because yeah, once he met me, I went to Cali for a reason. You know, I was wanted in New York. I was wanted in New Jersey, and I've been had been wanted for years. You know, I had I was a street dude. You know what I mean? I was doing what the streets do. Yeah, and you know. Um, so, I mean, listening to some of your music, we definitely hear um a lot of those stories about um shootouts, um being on the run, and, and, and quite a lot of different aspects around your life and your journey and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and it's 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 not difficult to talk about, but when I do talk about it, because I did come from a real place, I have to actually plant myself there to remember the events and how they occurred and how they had turned out, and it, it it draws a certain energy in and out of a person. You understand what I'm saying? Of course. It's just like I'm trying to explain it right now to say, yo, we'll hold that for another time. I need I need a blunt. I need a, <laughs> I need something to keep my brain from actually sinking in that place because that place was a dark place. But Master P pulled me out of it, and it wasn't easy, and it was millions of dollars. So he met me, and in eight days, he gave me $10,000, and eight days later, it was $2 million. Crazy. Never heard of in this game. (laughs) Crazy. This man was such a hard worker and a dedicated worker that he had that money. And had he not had that money, and this is true story, and this is documented, had he not been who he was, I wouldn't be alive today. Alive. You got to understand what I'm trying to tell you. I would be dead. Because when I showed back, when I went back to the East to finish the uh, the, the Little Soldiers like album, album which wasn't called Little Soldiers at the time, but when I went to go finish their album, finish writing their album, and get with them and everything like that, I ended up in a standoff with the police for eight hours. Oh. You know, that's, that's actually, that, it's a part of that is on uh, the channel I just put you on to, where you heard uh, the Little Wayne thing. Okay, it's and a, for the a, listeners, sorry, a- for the listeners listening, that's going to be on the Locker Blockdown channel on YouTube, so, um, and I'm going to make sure that's up there so people can check that all out, so, um. All right, sir. Yeah, I got, I got a little bit of the story on that, and it's called um, damn, what is it called? Oh, God. I can show it up. Uh, what does it call? But anyway, on that channel, the same joint where you, where I showed you the little Wayne joint, it's it's um, it's a it's a a, a, a beginning of that um, the stand up of it. And the you know the bell and all of that type of shit. It's called Little Soldiers Reloaded. Okay, yeah, I think I see. I see. Yeah, I see on the page. I might have to check it out. 
Yeah, so it's like a hundred ways for me to tell the story, and I've just been uh, perplexed about how to tell such a uh, such a tell well i mean e- even as you tell that story there's so many different um dynamics to it we go from the little soldiers aspect we go to you know fast forward years later with you know p making announcements of yourself um and slay sean and a few other artists i mean actually can we we'll rewind quickly before that because our first kind of major introduction i guess to you on a solo tip was on the No Limit Soldiers co- compilation, it was a track called um, Bring My Burners. Bring My Burners. Holy shit. That got a story. Now, yeah, I, 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 that. that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> this, out. This, is, this is the story to that. Okay, just say I go to Cali, like I told you, on a Wednesday, right? Yep. I meet Master P on that Wednesday on the plane. So, you know, everything happens with us. And so now... I'm excited that I met Master P, you know, because this is a potential way into the game. Of course. And I've been trying for nine years to get in the game at that point. So anyway, that night, you, you with me so far? Yeah, I'm with you. That same, that right. same night? That same night, I hear that, that Taheem is in L.A. Taheem is Buster Rhymes. Okay. That's my man. That's one of my, that's one of my childhood friends. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so, so I hear he's in town. So I go to where he's at, but they won't let me in. I go through the back. They won't let me in. And I'm like, yo, man, you know, go grab. I'm talking to the guy. I said, yo, that's my brother for real. Like, you know, not my blood. I'm being real honest with the guy I'm in the back. I'm like, yo, it's not my blood brother, but we're brothers. Like, we, I fuck him up on Tekken all the time. Like, <laughs> I whoop his ass. You know what I mean? So anyway. For some reason, the man said, man, you know, he kind of believed me, I guess. I said, yo, go get Spliff Star. So he went and go get Spliff Star. Now, Spliff coming out cussing. You know, he be a Brooklyn motherfucker. He come out, what the fuck? Who was the fuck out here? He saw me. He said, oh, shit, peace, God, what up? Blah, 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 blah. So he pulls me in the back. He pulls me and my man in the back. We go out there, everybody's in the Black Eyed Peas is in Buster Rhymes' uh, dressing rooms. Bus is in there, man, Bus going crazy because we ain't seen each other in a couple months, you know, and um, he's wondering, what the fuck you doing in L.A.? You know what I mean? So I told him about Master P and this, that, and the third. Okay, and so, that must have been a surprise. Uh, so, so, so that day, that night, inside the dressing room, Black Eyed Peas, I told I told Buster about the um my son's getting signed by Master P, which they wasn't signed yet, but Master P had an ear for them. And so when I told him that, you know, he never signed me. You gotta understand where I'm going with the story. Buster Rhymes knew me for all these years. He never signed me. Never. He never tried to get me signed. And I am not looking at it as a bad thing, but he just never did. That's just wasn't no New York shit. Niggas wasn't pulling niggas in like that. Right. So uh, we were in the dressing room. And I, I told him about the, you know, my sons and Master P and shit. And he was like, "Yo, well," I said, "Yeah, Master P said he, they the hot, they the hardest, they the hottest artists he heard from the East." You know, I was being sarcastic because I was a little bitter that he never saw me. So I, I, I threw a little shot at him, a little gut shot. I love him, but I threw a shot at him anyway. Yeah, yeah. But not never saw. Me. And so um, he said, "Put it in, put the tape in." I kept the tape with me from now. The tape don't leave my pocket. You know? <laughs> so I put one. 
tapes in. I put the tape in, and everybody's just talking. It's Rod Digger was in there, Baby Sham, Split Star, Buster Rhymes, KRS-One, um, the Black Eyed Peas sitting on the couch. So nobody was listening while I put this music in. So I took it out. Soon as I took it out, Buster was like, yo, why you take that shit out, God? I was like, I'm going to just wait till you finish talking. He was talking to a, a, a known uh, weed seller from New York named Branson. If you ever know. Oh, ah, yeah. I'm, I, I, didn't, I didn't have his name in a whole bunch of stuff. So um. <laughs> he was talking to Branson at the time, who was from uptown. Okay. So, um. I took the tape out, and he's like, yo, why you do that? And I was like, because I'll just wait till you finish talking to Branson, and then, you know, I'll play it for you. He was like, well, if it was hot like you said, then I would have heard. <laughs> so I said, what? And so he asked the uh, Black IP, Will I Am. Will I Am was sitting on the couch, and he he, he kind of threw his weight on Will I Am. He was like, yo, was that hot? And Will I Am was stuttering. He was like, uh, well, I, I really couldn't understand it. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then he asked the other uh, Oriental-looking brother. Something. And, uh, taboo? Like, taboo or something? Oh, yeah, maybe. I So 
uh, Buster Rhymes gets on stage. We going crazy. Me and Foxy Brown is standing at the uh, steps while he's on stage. We right there at the steps, me and Foxy Brown. This is when I realized she had ugly feet. I, I, I almost threw up. <laughs> so, uh, not that all. I really, she had on glass slippers. I'll never forget it. And it was just the toes was no good. Damn. How many time? Shit. Huh? How many time? Yeah. I, I'm so thinking that movie Boomerang when. Uh... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She had the, uh, what they call it, Hammer Time. Hammer Time. <laughs> Yo, for real, for real. Like, if you ever look at any pictures, dead ass serious. So it kind of fucked me up because I'm really a toll man, seriously. And and, and it, honestly, I'm not no pretty foot nigga myself, but I don't like to see a woman with toes. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Come yeah. on, man. And, and, and toes, toes don't make a person. Don't get me wrong. But for me, it meant something. So I was trying to enjoy Buster's show, and I'm looking at the toes at the same time. I was fucked up. <laughs> so anyway, Buster comes off the stage, for Public Enemy to get on, and I, I had new Chuck D as well. Chuck D and Flav got on there and went crazy. So when when Buster was leaving, people were still taking pictures of me and shit. And so I was like, um, I kept calling him. I was like, Yo, Buzz. This was he was just mingling in the back. I was like, Yo, Buzz, Yo, Buzz. And he, he wasn't. He was ignoring me or couldn't hear me. One. So then I said, Yo, Tahim, Tahim Allah. And he looked, and I walked up to him. I said, yo, God, what's the science? He said, yo, God, you tried to fight me and shit. I said, huh? I was perplexed. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He's like, yeah, you tried to fight me and shit like that in front of my company and shit. I said, yo, God, that's just how I run. This is why Master P ended up calling me short circuit. Okay. You understand? Yeah. Because I snapped lyrically, and it's not to hurt anyone. It's just how the rhymes come out when I... How you how you deliver? Well, I remember, I remember P saying on um I think it was one of the in, on the outro actually on I think um it could have been the Game Face album which I ain't gonna talk too much about but um actually I'm I may ask ask you a bit about that because that was like the Universal side of No Limits so um right. but I remember he didn't shouted you out on, on, and it was one of the deepest songs on the album and he was like you know short circuit if you don't blow no fuse we gonna do this <laughs> we gonna do that so that that kind of gave the impression that. P, he had a lot of love and respect for you and, um, you know, even had plans and stuff that he wanted to do, I guess, at that universal stage with No Limit East. Uh, what what sort of happened with um with that? Why didn't the fans get to, you know, receive that No Limit East album that they were waiting well, for? No Limit East, what happened, I started No Limit East and then he, he signed Slave Sean, an, an official. And, okay. You know, so, okay, now... Now, if I remember, Sleigh official, Sean, official from Philly. Sleigh Sean is from Far Rockaway, Queens. Okay, all right. From Far Rock. So, uh, what happened with that was, Sleigh Sean ended up uh, having a lot to do with the Romeo's first project. I'm, and so, uh, there was a fallout. I wanna, I, don't get, don't get me off the subject on how that song you brought up, "Bring My Burners." I was telling you the story about "Bring My Burners." And okay. It had a lot to do with Buster Rhymes. But anyway, I'll go back to that after this. Yeah, we're gonna get so, back to. Uh, so, so Master P signed Slay Sean and uh, official for for the No Limit East thing, and I'm the capital of that. You know what I mean? So, uh, Slay Sean started doing things for the Romeo project. And then he turned around and tried to sue Master P 
for things about the Romeo Project. You got to understand something. This was just greedy people. Yeah, I I, I remember hearing that. Master P made, uh, Master P made me brother these men. You know, he made me brother Slay Sean, official, and this one and that one. You know, we ain't playing the tank, man. I don't know if you ever heard. It wasn't no games at the tank, man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody on the tank got a $40,000 Rolex on their arm, 80000 with insurance. Everybody on No Limit got a bank account. Everybody on No Limit got a car and a house. That's what you get when you sign with No Limit. Yeah. You understand? So, Slay Sean who had no voice before uh, Master P, and I didn't either, he, he decides to sue Master P. And when he did that, it's like a sue. Uh, uh, Beast by the Pound was going through some shit legally with Master P at the same time. So Master P was looking around like, what the fuck? Everybody's attacking me, and I'm trying to, he's really trying to help people. Of course, he could. He yeah, he was trying to really help people and get them out the the projects and out the streets and out of killing and murdering and drugs. Of course, really, I mean it's crazy. Never, sometimes people on the outside you can see it. Sometimes because we could, I, I feel as though a lot of the um no limit fans, and not all of them, but um, there's a lot that definitely saw that from the outside, and they felt as though um. If they didn't got the opportunity, they wouldn't have did the same thing. But as we know, you know, sometimes jealousy, greed, or whatever it is, different things can get in the way with um, people. Man, yo, man, this brother, man, this brother saved my life, for real. For real. He talked a gun out of my hand with over 100 police outside of my doorstep, man. Crazy due to a lot, yeah. Pop, this is true story shit. You know what I mean? This man had to, this man put up millions and millions of dollars from knowing me for eight days, man. And only met me twice. But it it was the eighth day that that I met him that, you know, I was worth millions after that. From eight days later. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This, this wasn't somebody you 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 backstab or sue or something like that. I would never sue Master P. There's nothing on the planet Earth that can get me to sue Master P. There's nothing on this planet Earth that can get me to probably say a bad word about him. You know what I mean? That's real. It, it's just happened. Like I said again. Me and Master P started from a cold, and it was a cold that was in the eyes. It wasn't in the words, well, kind of in the words, but it was more eye contact of me and a, a man, a man seeing another man and saying, "Okay, yeah, that's a man." Yep. So it's no way I could turn around and bite the hand that feeds me. It, you just you don't do that. You 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 fucking eat your own hand before you do that. You don't never do that because at the end of the day. If you're on your deathbed, you fuck you fuck around and have to apologize for some shit like that, and that'll be the worst. Yep. Well, they even the they even tell you, and you know, it's like they say, even in the old Shaolin code, you know, never outshine the master. And a lot of people they don't really understand these concepts, and um, but you know, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna use that on a note to get back to the bring my burners because. We're sort of touching on that. It all ties in because I I was gonna ask you know just being with no limit. What was, did you think that other, maybe other artists in different camps or di- were a bit jealous and maybe No Limits notoriety or stature or you even being involved as it, you know, being the, the East Coast heavyweight coming in and um 
we because like you said at the time even for what you would have achieved and what you would have gotten from the situation with no limit there'd have been plenty of rappers that would have been in the game trying to do this trying to do that and you know and you would have been out there like not like balling out of but you you know let's see you would have um right. without without and from the outside without them understanding maybe your your story or your struggle they're probably thinking you'd have got it easy or you know how did you get to that spot Right, and, and, and like, like, okay, so we're back at the Bring My Burners. Like I said, this was the same day that I met P. And we're at the show, and everything that I said happened, happened. And at the, at the, at the end of Buster Rhymes' show, uh, I kept calling him, and he, he didn't respond. Then I said his his, his 5%er name, which is Taheem Allah. Okay. So when I did that, he paused, and I walked up to him, and I said, what's going on? He said, yo, you tried to fight me. I'm offended. It was, you know, company around, and this, that, and the third. And I tried to explain to him that that's just how I rhyme. But from then, from, from the way he was acting, I didn't want to go back to his dressing room. So I just stayed and mingled amongst the crowd and shit like that. And this is when I started taking pictures with every fucking body. And Janet Jackson's... Uh, Janet Jackson's manager came up to me and, you know, he, he wanted me to, you know, he wanted me to have his number and this was going on. Cause what, this is what I didn't know that happened to make a long story short. Master P was worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions more than all these people that was in there. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have no idea that. So these people wanted to be connected to the money. This is why they was talking and taking pictures with me. Got you. I didn't know that. I got, so anyway, yep. anyway, I leave there. I leave there. I think I did go say peace to Buster Rhymes and shit and split before I left. You know, I, those my brothers. I do love them. So I did say peace and I just pilled out. But I was mad as fuck. I was tight that 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 I had to battle him for one. I was uptight that he never signed me. Or helped to sign me, or looked out, and I was tight about all this shit was just coming down on me. So, long story short, when Masterpiece, after all the standoff with the police and everything, when he signed me, he's like, okay, you know, we're gonna sign you. So, when he signed me, my first joint was Bring My Burners. Now, if you remember Buster Rhymes, one of his um, uh, things he's famous for is that, yah, 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 Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so, what I did. My first line was all that rah rah, damn sonny, you funny. funny. Why you do it for the money? You think I'm still hungry? <laughs> so that was to him. Okay. So I battled him on that first joint. Crazy. On the first joint, so everybody was thrown because that's the first time on No Limit when they had a song with no hook. It was just street rhymes. Yeah, you're right. I street remember rhymes. it was. I think it was the last song on the compilation. It was just bars right. all the way through. <laughs> Right, and so they was blown away, like, yo, this dude ain't even stopped, he just kept going. <laughs> so I don't know how long it is, but at the time, for 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 a, a verse, it was long to people. They was like, God damn, he's still going. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, I think those, you know, people weren't really pushing it past the 16 bar around point. That, quite, they're not on right. records anyway. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was either 4, 8, or 16. Yep. I went 96 or something like that. I went, you know, I did crazy. Bars. Of course. I mean, you know, rappers like The Game got a lot of credit for it years later with um 96 bars and all that. Right. But, you know, real spitters done been doing that from from back in the game. <laughs> right. 
I remember. He, uh, he called. He called Mystical in the room. I mean, he called uh, Buster Rhymes in the room, and he had the little soldiers close to you video playing. He said, "Yo, you know the, the young guards? He's speaking like the East Coast. <laughs> He's like, yo, you know the young guards? Yeah. He's like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, that's my brother's kids. Blah blah blah. And so that's how it stopped. It kind of yeah. crazy on that note just on a quick note before we move from that one because we're gonna get onto another this record but um did did bus did you ever get any word back from bus to say that he didn't heard that or that he um On the battle, like I got too many rides. I think you, right? Yeah, but yeah, I was stupid on there, you know. And it was to me, it was light work. I'm being nice. No, I I hear you. I mean, you see what it is. I'm being as a rapper myself, and I I want to say this the best possible way because. That's one of those songs where I can listen to it and kind of rap it word for word, and and I'm a, and I mean this with the utmost respect. I know what you mean when you say you went light because it's quite it's easily um it's easily it's easy to go over it, but when you really go with it word for word, bar for bar, that shit hard as nails. So I I know what you mean. You kept it light, but it's still fucking hard as hell. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. But um. So uh, he, when I saw him, I saw him in uh, Atlanta. Him and Nelly. I saw him and Nelly in Atlanta. He said, "You still mad at me? You still trying to kill me and all this?" I said, "Nah, man. I love you. This, that, and the third. We was in Atlanta at a club, and uh, him and Nelly was together. He said, "Man, yo, come take a drink with me and Nelly and this, that, and the third. So I, I hung out with him and um, him and Nelly." him and Nelly that that night and and you know 
it, it pretty much was uh the beef was pretty much over. Okay. You know, it, the beef was pretty much over and shit at at that point. And um, you know, he 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 let me know he heard the joint, and you know, he felt like you know, yeah, God, you trying to kill me and this, that, and the third, but I love the joint. You know, the uh, under your flesh. He hit that part when he hit that point. Okay, that so part. you he you know. <laughs> Yeah, when he hit that, I said, "Holy shit!" Like you play this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was trying to trying to question him because although I was upset with him, I still love him. So it was like it's like it's like fighting your it's like fighting your little brother, and he's way bigger than me. But it's like fighting your little brother. Like, yo, did you get the lesson, motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to, I wanted to question him like you and me are talking right now. I wanted to question him in depth to like what, what got you like this, that, you know, what happened? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I never got to do it. I never got to do it. I've seen him maybe once after that, you know what I'm saying? Me and Spliff and all that and Scratch. Scratch actually, Buster Rhymes DJ, was the only one who could beat me in Tekken. I used to kill Bus. Me and Bus used to play. When he go on tour, he'd call me wherever he at. Yo, come over here and get your ass whooped. So I end up on a plane, a train, or a car, and go to whatever hotel, and we and him would be playing until he got to perform. This is just how we used to do it for years. And Tekken crazy. You, know I mean? oh. actually, you remember? You know funny? The funny shit is, the funny shit is, before I met Master P, long before, well, a year before I met Master P, Buster Rhymes called me a Sunday morning, and when he called me a Sunday morning, this was, I'll never forget it, it was a Sunday morning, it was maybe four, four or five o'clock in the morning, I was in the bed with my wife, and uh, he called me, he said, peace, God said, peace, I said, yo, what's going on, and he was like, uh, He's like, yo, they just shot Biggie. I was like, what? He's like, yo, they just shot Biggie. I said, what, what you mean? He said, I'm in L.A. right now. They just shot Big and shit. Yo, turn on the radio and find out what they saying. Find out what they saying about me. And I was like, all right, God, I got you. He said, yo, I'll hit you back later on or whatever. Now, Buster and I had a mutual friend. His name is Fendi. Fendi is the guy who discovered Nicki Minaj. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he the guy that, that you ever saw the big the notorious movie? I didn't I didn't heard it, yeah, I didn't heard his name and stuff, yeah. Yeah, Fendi is the guy who discovered the guy who played Biggie as well. Yeah. Brooklyn. Gravy. So anyway, yeah, 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 Gravy, right. So uh so uh I, I wake up I'm I'm up now, I'm like I wake up my wife, I'm like, yo, they just shot Biggie in LA. She's like, What? And so I turns on the radio like Bus told me to do. And shit, now I wasn't hearing nothing. So um, I started calling all the young guards, like, yo, yo, Buster just called me. Everybody know I hung with Buster, so I was calling all the guards and shit. I was like, yo, Buster just told me Biggie got shot. Da, 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 da. I'm spreading the I'm spreading the word. You know what I mean? Sure enough. Later on that morning, maybe like seven o'clock, they start talking about it. But they didn't say nothing about Tahi about Buster. They didn't say nothing about him. And so, uh, it struck me years later that he would call and tell me Biggie got shot, but he wants to know about his name. That's in my book. That's that was strange to me that he did that. That he that that's that's a true story. He really asked me, "Yo, see what they saying about me?" That's what he said. Yeah. Mr. Rob said that to me. He said, "Yo, see, 
what they said about you know me and the shooters. He was right there with Biggie, but they didn't they didn't they didn't mention him like in the main story. In the detailed story, he was mentioned, but in the main story, he wasn't. And years later, that just struck me as odd of him calling and saying that, that at that point. Yeah, yeah. That's just I don't think he had nothing to do with it or anything like that. I, th- I think it's just Biggie was a big boy at the time. Like, he was that dude. And for Buster, Buster could get you one or two or three hits. Biggie going to be, every song is going to be a hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think he was looking for uh, a stardom, some type of, some type of, some type of, uh, Coming like yeah, uh, Buster Rhymes was with Biggie type shit to keep him famous or something. That gonna have something like that. yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, I think it was something like that. Not to discredit Buster Rhymes, who's very talented, very compassionate about music, uh, and and his art to do it. And his performance is second to none. The only person that can outdo Buster and um and Spliff is to me Chuck D and Flavor Flav. That's the only people that I've seen kill a stage like them look better than them. What? Okay. You know, you got you got Flavor Flav yep. jumping from a fifty feet speaker onto the floor. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to tell people with his legs moving to control the fucking air. For he's jumping from a big ass speaker onto the stage, onto his feet, no fear nor nothing. Crazy. This is why. Yeah, this is the only reason why he's a bigger hype man than Split Star. That's the only reason. But yeah, that 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 bugged me out about all of time. Bust. Well, I mean, so we yeah, such on that. We that was to bring my burners in, and um, a lot of the fans have have noticed you from another. We don't want to keep it just on the beef songs, but we're gonna mention another one, which gonna be the. The Click Click, which was a Cash Money disc, you know, released on the, the Wild Boys album. I think we got R.I.P. Sporty T and um, a bunch of the New Orleans soldiers who put that together. Everybody was on there. Yep, Crazy, crazy Reginelli and them, the, the little soldiers. Not little soldiers, I meant Gambino, my bad. Um, Prime Suspects or some of these. Everybody was there. Everybody, everybody was on there, but I had the, I had uh, the um, single, and Sporty T had the single. This is what I'm trying to explain. What? How, how did all that come about? Yeah, cause um, I think they had you under there under New Getty or, or something. Or... New Getty. New Getty. Yeah, that was it. They knew. They knew. Everybody knew Master P had signed a New York artist, and to to keep my name freedom. Cause it wasn't short circuit yet to keep that out the out the loop of the beef. Cause Master P wasn't about you know beefing in hip hop, but he had to show them like, listen, don't I put a whole album out on you, motherfuckers? Don't play with me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so what happened with that was one day I, I, I flew to uh, Sacramento. Master P had like a fucking. a fucking farm out there, some shit. I flew, I flew somewhere in Cali. To meet P and everybody was there, and every 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 mansion he got, he got a studio in there. So we goes in the studio, and everybody's there. This, this is regular tank shit. So Master P said, "Free, I don't want them bitches comfortable in New York." I said, "What bitches?" <laughs> he said, this, this, 
baby motherfucker. Baby and the cash money niggas. So what had happened, baby started duplicating everything P did. And P was alright. P took it as Pizza's, yo, this guy's different, man. He's just a different type of man. He's just a different, he's just special, man. And this is why he named himself a special name, like Master. Facts. It's different, man. And I mean that with all due respect. He's just a different kind of dude. Because at first, he allowed all this duplication. He took it as a flatter, like, all right, cool, not a problem. Let's all eat. But when he started going into, you know, doing everything that Master P did. Yep. And then he wasn't showing the respect. Master P ended up slapping this man at, in Houston. This no nobody even heard this story before. They heard about him doing something to um uh what's his name? Uh, Pimp P- Pimp C, rest in peace. But yeah, I was there that night. Oh anyway, shit! Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, P kept me close, man. He kept me real close. So um, cause he know you're a real one, so that's what it is. <laughs> you know, but. I, I, shows and shit, I'm right there. You don't see really nobody else. And it wasn't to discredit them, it was that P knew I was trying to learn from him, number one. Number two, I respected him because he saved these. I was one of the people in the tank, he saved my life, for real. Like, he talked a gun out of my hand. Can you understand what I'm saying? A gun was in my hand for eight hours, he talked it out of my hands. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's some gut, that's, you know, that's that special, as you said, um, you know, Y'all were destined to, destined to meet. There ain't no other way but that. So we had our connection. And and, and so, you know, he, he, he told me everything. And like I said, he ended up getting upset with Birdman because he was not playing the proper homage that you should pay to a man just out of being a real man. And so Master P called him in the airport. And he sucked. Come Crazy. And slapped slapped him. You know what I mean? He could have did anything else to him. But people, this is what people don't understand about people. This is, people need to be cautious on how they treat each other. You know, Master P is a, yo, man, gentleman, man, a gentleman, a gentleman. This man had me jumping out of helicopters for doing toys for tots for kids. You understand what I'm saying? This man see people and he do things that you don't hear about. That's what Master P was doing. He was doing shit, but I happened to be right there like the spook that sat by the door watching this man do all these things with his the, the, the riches that he got. And it was love things. It was buying, paying for this person's apartment, paying for this one's school, paying for this one's doctor bills. He was doing shit like that was right next to him. So when you offend a person like that, you're not playing with a full deck of cards now. Now you about to see the other side of him, the street side of him. So when he saw Bird in the airport, he ran up on him. He said a few words. Bird responded. When he responded, he got slapped. Because he knows another lion. And to him, that wasn't a lion. I'm not saying that Birdman is not a lion. I'm saying Master P didn't recognize him as a lion, so he slapped him. He didn't punch him. He didn't kick him. He didn't do none of that. He slapped him. Wow. Not disrespectful. That's like in, in, in Iraq when you say something stupid, they throw a shoe at you. Like, that's the most disrespectful shit they can think of to throw a shoe at you. you know, I think they did it to President Bush or something like that. Yeah, I remember you know one saying? of the reporters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, so so Master P slapped him and everything. And but uh, uh, you know, I guess after that he told me, listen, free. He said, I don't want bitches comfortable in New York. And I, I got it, I got it, Colonel, because I'm a, I'm a soldier. Didn't we? He run this thing like a real army. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a soldier. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm doing. You gotta understand that. Like, I'm, what if he would have told me to do some outlandish shit in them years, it would have been done with no question. Today, I might say, Colonel, you sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might take that. But he said, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll do whatever. Still, still to this to this day, I think it's what, 20 years later? 20-something years later? But, uh, yeah, this, is the, this is how royalty work with men. But uh, he told me that. He said, I don't want them comfortable in New York. You know what I'm saying? So I left. And uh, somehow I ended up driving back. So I think I, we rented a car. I had my mans with me. I don't know. I had to go. So I had to go too many places. So we left Cali. And I had to go to so many places that I didn't want to do the plane. So I rented a car for like two weeks or three weeks or whatever and me and my man C. Rule we drove out and we drove out about time I got to New York I had two notebooks full of rhymes full of songs against uh, cash money and the song I picked was called Click Click you know what I'm saying okay. that was the song and, and he was the yeah, other, so. you had a different artist on there with you as well right he was that artist that was my that my female cousin. Her okay. Name was XO, Samantha Jackson, and so uh, I it, put her on because you know I, you know I'm trying I'm trying to get artists and people that I know that spit. I'm trying to get them signed. Of course. And so I. Uh, yeah, it it was good. It was like you was um. I mean, yeah, you, it, we knew it was like a, you could tell it was an introduction to like a new artist that was um maybe on your sort of wing of the tank as well. So um, it came off it came Say off that. dope. Yeah, no. Um, from an outside standpoint, we everybody was familiar that it was you on the song, but we just thought it was like an East Coast size that you had under you that you was introducing as well. Oh yeah, that was my cousin Samantha. Man, she went crazy on them niggas. Yeah, little little Wayne wrong game. Hop turnstiles, my click still wild. Yep, face New York style. New year to the streets. <laughs> oh my. Face like a brick, I mean, fuck BG. Yep. I'm Merc Juvenile, Little Wayne, still a child. Stay in your place. Why empty in your face? face. <laughs> that shit was crazy. This was, now, this was now, this is funny. I mean, was, was this, was this, to... was this before they started doing all that shit with, um, because I remember one point they got, they started doing stuff, I guess it could have been either with Puffin' Them or Rough Riders in the East Coast, I think Cash Money, they kind of linked in and did something out there, but. I'm not sure what, if you would have put that heat on them before that. No. This was, this was, this was after that. Okay. This was after that. See, you understand, man. I'm from the East. We don't give a fuck. Well, this time to battle, we battle. Of course. So it didn't matter who they was. I know. They had Jay-Z. They was fucking with Jay at the time. Yep. They was fucking with this one. They, they, they did all this. This yo, this story is so so detailed and so crazy because after I did that, no, at the time I did that, they wasn't spitting no rhymes. They was just rapping. It was, uh oh, put it on down and drop it to the floor and all this type of woody woody wobble wobble, all this type of shit. It wasn't no lyrics. Wasn't no lyrics at all, so I just manhandled them niggas. If you listen to the song, of course, quick, yeah, yeah. I just literally manhandled them, and I told them at the end of the joint, I said, "None of y'all niggas can't rhyme." 
and and this is weird because it was it was it was for music at the same time I still was, you know, a real nigga from the street, but it was for music. But I really wanted them to update update rhymes. I really wanted that. I really wanted them to get better with, with you know, rhyming. Of course. It was rapping and rhyming at the end of the day. So what happened was <laughs> Lil Wayne, they end up signing Gilly the Kid from Philly, who's a, a, a well-respected Philly dude from a group called Major I remember Figures. Major Figures and that. Yeah, I'm a Gilly. They end up signing Gilly to so to help Wayne learn how to rhyme. So he was right writing uh, uh yep. Wayne's I mean before that, Wayne blew up after I, yeah, I yeah. Killed, I would have killed Gilly. I would have killed any rapper at them in these years. Any rapper, I would have killed them. Anybody. And nobody that was rhyming at that time could fuck with me. Nobody. I had too many rhymes for one. But two, my, my life was too real, and I could I could put it, I could get it out, I could get my my actual life out, and because of that, it's some people that could rap better, way better than me, probably, you know what I'm saying? But they couldn't rhyme better than me. They couldn't put their life into real shit better than me. There's no way they could do that because I was really my life was a little different than 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 most rappers. You understand what I'm saying? Fact. Hence. An eight-hour standoff with the police. You know what I mean? Later on in life, you know what I mean. So, you know, it, you know, it, it was my life was different. And so, in my brain, nobody could touch me. There was no only person I think I was worried about at that time was Biggie or Tupac. No, yeah. Nobody else. Could. Well, um, Tupac I was. was <laughs> we got the um. Yeah, no, I was gonna say as you mentioned Tupac because you know we got the um the joint. You actually did a, a remix on the Tupac joint, This Ain't Living, which one of my favorites. Um... Oh, my God. I had to keep it real with people. See, this is this is the difference between the real and the fake. When I did that song with uh, Tupac, Tupac had passed away already. And so when I dropped it, people, when I finally dropped it, because it took me years to drop it, because I just didn't know about the internet, and I didn't want to do this, and I had to check with Miss Afini, and this, that, and the third. When I finally dropped it, people was like, yo, you sound better than Pac, and this, that, and the third. I was like, listen, I did that. I wrote that verse, two Pac's verse. Like, I heard Pac, listened to him, listened to him, listened to him, and wrote my joint. So don't think that man was right there and I just outflavored him or some crazy shit. I wrote my rhyme years later. Off the back of that, so yeah. Anything, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. But I, I, li- yeah, I like the fact that you was able to just even tie the, um, the times together and still put in your own... Um, you know, the the stuff that's real to you. Um, one of my favorite, you know, lyrics you put in there, um... You know, you handcuffing motherfuckers you grew with. You know what I mean? You know we got a son. You go hit it with 10 years. And you go, um, sir, on you Prince Bomb and Kyrie. I know you motherfuckers on the streets in AP. You know, you laying it down for Asbury Park. You laying it down for, you know, just brothers who can really understand reality, um, you know, worldwide. And you, you, you dropping real game and messages in the same kind of vein that um, Tupac fans will be accustomed to as well. So that's what makes it so dope. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you even knowing. See, this is the thing. Man, God, I pay attention to... Yeah, man, I, got, I pay attention to the God, man, because at the end of the day, it's like you said, even um that nobody can't do what you didn't did, even in terms of putting your experiences and your story and your message out there into the music. So the value that's even in that, 
you know, when I listen, I'm I'm one of the brothers, man. I listen, I, I and I and I resonate with everything. You know what I mean? Because um, you know, who 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 we got a saying in Jamaica to say, "Who feels it knows it," man. So um, it's like that's how it is, man. Let me say something to you. First of all, stop making me blush, money. Get out. Stop, it. stop it. killing me over here. All right. But as far as I'm concerned with you, man, listen, man. You got to, sometimes you, you yourself, I don't know if you have bad days. I'm pretty sure you do. We all do. But when you do, I need you to look in that fucking mirror and say, listen, man. I'm not like these dudes, man. Like Nipsey Hussle said, I ain't like you rap niggas. You're different, man. You are truly different. I appreciate that. that you know, you are different. You don't ever have to uh, sideswipe yourself when it comes to whatever you're doing. Music, uh, promoting, or, or a podcast, or this or that. I need, I need you to know. I need you to know you're different, and I respect you as a man, as an artist, as a young god, as a black man, as a man from the UK representing. I respect you, man, because you're not playing. You're one of us. I appreciate it. You're one of the real ones. You're not playing no. This ain't no. This is not a game. Nah, it's like a lot of people think this is a damn game, and it's not. Hey, man. It's not a game. Be serious about what comes out your mouth. We dead serious about that. We want to know what, who are you? What the hell is you talking about? And is it real? And this, that, and third. Exactly. You picked up on that for a reason, man. Yep. You picked up on that for a reason, man. And I want to take my hat off to you and say, listen, man. Whatever you doing, it's gonna be all right. Do not, do not lose focus, man. Don't lose focus for nobody, for no means, for no nothing. Because you're here for a purpose. If you can hear me pissing on cotton like I did in this game, <laughs> I pissed on cotton and you heard it. Of course, yep. And I feel like, I feel that as though I didn't hear that. That makes you a, a, a giant with superhero powers, man, to hear something like that. Because I have, I'm the person people try to hide, man. I, I, they I hide that I even exist, I, man. I can tell. Because there's no competition for me. And I mean, it's nothing you can do with me. You got a man that taught his children to do what they did at the ages of six and seven years old. It was unheard of in hip-hop. Of course. And that's serious. This, the Little Soldiers got a song with, um, with, uh, damn, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I just all over the place. With Steady Mobbing. Oh, Lil Niggas, one of my favorites. If, if it's that, I mean, even, I, I played, I still try and play that to people now and tell them, listen to what these look, you know, because I, I was with, I was with some of the young homies from the UK and I'm sure, I'm playing them, um, the new Okibama. And I'm making him hear that, and I'm saying, listen to this was the God when he was younger, and I'm going back and I'm playing the old, and I'm saying, y'all don't understand about where this, but it's like, people don't understand shit no more, they so disconnected, and um... Yo, that's, this, that's crazy, yo, they don't know what they missing. Yep. This, this, my sons, let me tell you why my son did that, because mind you, on the whole Little Soldier album, they don't curse, they don't play games like that, you know, but they say, little nigga, and they was they knew that they was adults would hear it, but they did it because of the pain that was going on in the in the streets of Oakland, Amen. in the Bay Area, yep. New York, and Jersey. They know, you know. He said, "My name free. You know, it ain't no limit to me. Freedom. There's no limit. Freedom." He said, "There's no limit to 
to me. Hating violence on TV, hurting the seeds, the babies. See the guns in their hand, yellow tapes by the school, capsules floating in the puddle, bringing drugs to the youth. I'm mm. the one they chose to tell it to you, seven years old, my brother nine, both of us trying to grow till we old. That mm. means, stop, you know, the straight bullets was killing the babies on these streets at the time. Yep. Live away from the danger, see the young on the news, beating down in a bruise, mama, what I'ma do? Every night when I lay my head down to rest, I hear the firings and sirens. Making a mess. Mm. Every cat in the neighborhood. Tell me what this was before people were saying was good. And my son said, every cat in the neighborhood. Tell me what's good. Never stopping their wars. But if I could, I would. A little nigga. A little nigga. Yo, what the fuck is people missing? Man? Exactly. And I'll be... <laughs> You know that's it, man. Um, I it, it made me wondering. Um, I'm I'm thankful for what you said because um, you know, from the day I've been born, I I didn't always not to blow my own trumpet or nothing, but I didn't always known I've been special and got some kind of special mission. And um, I've always been you know in tune to be able to receive this, especially when it comes to our, our culture and our people. And um, and and that's. That, that, that's that's an understatement for you. Yeah, I I, I I'm very humble. <laughs> yo, yo, that's an understatement for yo. Listen, man, listen. I know we're on an interview and things of that nature, but listen, man. My home is your home. I, I'm coming. I'm good. yeah. I'm coming out, man. I'm coming out. You ain't got to feed yourself. The refrigerator stay full. I got a theater in the, in the crib. You can watch it. Whatever you want, do whatever you want. I got a loft in that bitch. Yo, son, get your money and pull up. You don't need much money because get your plane ticket. I got you when you get here. All right. Get your plane, bro. Because I, I love you as a brother because you're not playing. This is what... This is this is all I want from the black man. You black man ain't no game. Of course, and it's the same. And, could you, and, and you know, one of the things is... I ain't really had nobody, you know, bog, you know, um, really to raise me up or lift me up. I've done this with my back against yeah. the wall. Everybody trying to break me down and all, and you know, so yeah. black man shit. Yeah, man. Black man. That's why. That's why this the diary of the time, black man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. In order to make a diamond do what it do for the people of today, how they perceive a diamond to be special, you know the pressure. Oh you know, yeah, pressure, it, it, yep. It's crazy pressure. You couldn't imagine to make a diamond appear to be what the people want. Because when you see it, it looks like a regular, like a little white, dust, dusty, beige stone, ugly. But when they they put the pressure on it, it shows its true beauty. So the pressure's been put on you, and the knowledge that you have is the diamond. You know, for what the people need, but they 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 hard headed, man. They always been. Oh yeah, they always been, man. But you not one of them. And I'm sitting over here today, Saturday, April twenty seventh, two thousand and nineteen, the day my son's album dropped and my world changed in nineteen ninety nine. On this date, April twenty seventh, I'm sitting on here with this brother, and I wish you the best, man. And I'm not done with the interview. I just can't. I want to give you your flowers. You understand? Yeah, not- I want to give you your flowers and let you smell them shit. I'm like, oh shit, yo, yo, God, this, this shit smell good. <laughs> <laughs> this is real fast. This is. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't say what I don't have to say to I, people. I, I can just, tell. Yeah. 
No, I, I, if you listen to the bombs I write, you know, it, it, it sounds like I did a lot of work. Them shits came out fast, you know, because I want to, I want to, I only want to say what needs to be said. So I'm only telling you this, man, for them ugly days that pop up on your ass. Listen, man, man, listen, man, dip your head, pick that motherfucker right back up and keep it moving. I pre- keep doing what you're doing. You're not like these, these, these other ones, man. No, they I, don't get it. I appreciate that, man. You're gonna, you're gonna be the one possibly to spark their mind, like a Tupac did to the game, like a like a uh, Nipsey Hussle did to the game. You're probably gonna spark them, but it may take a minute. But I just don't want you to give I, up. Yeah, I would. I'm I'm glad you said this to me because um. Everything you just said so real to even my journey, and um, I remember even when I met P and and, and I said to him, cause you know I didn't grow up so inspired by even you know yourself, everything that you know y'all did, and um, even the stuff that I didn't know, cause it's so relevant, and and you know P, you always see him in the interviews, and he always say somebody go come after me, and they go do it, they go do this, and they, and I met him, I said, dude, I said, you know, I'm the guy that you talk about. I don't think he he realized what I meant though. He probably thought. I'm crazy as hell. <laughs> but, so um, but but similar to what you said, you know, there has been, you know, you get your knockdowns, you get um, you know, things that pop up and stuff like that. So, it's, it's, I I do need those kind of reminders to just keep that focus and stay on the right the right path, man. I only say what needs to be said. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying this to you because that's what needs to be said to you. This ain't no, uh, I'm on the phone with this young brother, let me, da, da, da. no, I don't do those. Yeah, yeah. I don't say what I don't have to say. That's unreal to me. And I got to face that one day in my life and I refuse to face some shit that I did that's unreal. There's, there's no, there's no leaks. I don't have no leaks in me. When I tell you about Buster Rhymes, you can say the same story to me. I'm like, yeah, I remember all of that. Is that fact? Well, yep. Anything, you know, because I'm, I'm, I refuse to not be real in a real material world. I just, I refuse to be. I refuse to be one of the people that keep uh, uh, praying, so to, so to speak, to a mystery and and seeing rain drop on my fucking eyes, but think that the person that causes this rain is not a material. I refuse to do that. I'm just not that kind of person. Reality. Reality is key, man. There's certain things as humans that we won't do. So if there's certain things that a human won't do, you think uh, Almighty God would do too? Like, would would let kids die, kids get raped? You know, people die going to work, people die going to church. You know, that's, that's, that's not reality. The man, the man and woman and child on this planet Earth is the cause of these situations, man. Facts. And we got to come together. The separation is what's causing all this fucking negative bullshit to happen. Yeah. It's just that's what it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hell is no hiding in your he, heaven is no hiding your head, and hell is no lord in your feet. You know what I mean? And that's the reality of it, man. No matter how bad we want to think about it, you know what bugs me out in America, man. These people worship the same uh, God that was passed to them. Not even passed because, you know, it wasn't. We only could know the part where we serve these servants, good servants. They was passed to you by the people that enslaved you. Yep. The people that looked at your body and was like, damn, that's a magnificent body. But when they told you, what they said to you was, you're dirty. 
they looked at you like you was magnificent, but when they opened their mouth, they say, oh, you're dirty, don't worry about it, you're a nigger, don't worry about it, you're dirty. So now you're just thinking, damn, I'm ugly, dirty, and big lips, and big nose, and black, and you're thinking that, but these motherfuckers was going that same night, creeping out of their big house, to go and grab one of them dirty black women, and raping them. Yep. It's I mean... Yeah, no, that's that's where I was gonna say. Do you think that's partly why we saw like a lot of the music so, not being taken from the East Coast, but it's you know, and I've spent a lot of time in the East and even in the streets where a lot of people they learned from how the industry sort of um messed over the older generation, but it, they sort of like tried to water down the East Coast music. Do you think that's because a lot of the um the knowledge itself was coming from the East, especially within the music in the early times? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, cause the knowledge was that that's where that's where it was at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that see, I used to leave out of New York or Jersey, you know, and I and I tell people when I come back, listen, man, them motherfuckers in Florida is crazy. But when I got to Florida, they thought I was crazy. But they was doing some wicked shit. And I'm like, eh, we don't really do it like that up north. But they swore I was crazy. But <laughs> these motherfuckers was just naturally just. Bugged the fuck out, like, like bugged out. I don't want to get into it really over the, you know, this the, our interview, but of violently it was worse than, than we was in New York. It was vicious. It was vicious. I'm talking overkill. For instance, I saw a man kill a man before, and when he shot him, it was it wasn't my man who shot him. I'm just talking about one story. Yeah, of he course. shot this man. He killed, the man died maybe after the third shot. He ended up shooting this man a good thirty times, a good thirty times overkill. After the fact. Oh wow. And he he was talking to him while he was killing him. Yo, bitch. Yo, fucker. Yeah. How you like this? He was dead already. I actually. In Florida, I'm not trying to just down Florida, but I actually stepped over bodies in Florida. This is when I was living the street life or whatever. I actually had to step over bodies to go into an apartment at one time. I'll never forget that. The man was dead, and I went to somebody's neighborhood. I was on the run from New York, and uh, I was down south with a, a brother from Jersey, which is where I'm from as well. So I, I, I was with this man, and he took me into the hoods of of Jacksonville, Florida, and when we went into the hood, we went through this little cut, and when we went through the cut, there was a man just laying, you know, coming out the cut, he was just laying down like he was trying to run into the cut, and uh, he was just laying down on the ground, and I was like, what's up with this dude? He's like, oh, he dead, man. You know what I mean? Look at this shot, and I said, oh, shit, I seen the shot in his head, I said, oh, shit, and he just, he's, I mean, just come on. So he stepped over him, so I stepped over him. Then we went up these steps and went into the apartment. This is the mind state of black people in certain cities mm. on, 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 in America, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and when you said about the East, the East, we had a little, a little knowledge. Even though people look at New York and they look at Newark and parts of Jersey, and they be like, yo, them niggas is crazy. It was something about that situation that caused it to be like that. Even though it was sens- senseless. It just—it was something about it. This one might have smacked this man's mother, or this, this, that, and the third. In Florida, they, all they did was 
something stupid or something. It just the ignorance level was. It was like like was a violence for the sake of violence, sake sort of. It was different. It was just different, and it was like that in Baltimore. It was like that in D.C. It was like that in L.A. It was like that in Texas. Wow. It was like New that, Orleans, uh, Alabama, Mississippi. It was like that in Chicago. It was like that in Detroit. I lived in all these spots. I, I, I came out of each city unscathed, though. You know, I, I have to. I got my own tough skin as well. I'm not trying to be on here pointing fingers at everybody. I'm just, I get as vicious as what I'm around. That's the truth. You know what I mean? But I, I, I never liked that. I never, I never liked violence. I never liked it. That's why when I learned to rhyme, I put all that power into it because the people have demons and I'm, I'm not ex- exempt from that. Those demons what I call demons, they came out in the lyrics and they came out hard and nobody could fuck with it. Yep. Like I said, Buster Rhymes, who knew me, thought I was trying to fight him when I was just rhyming. He really truly thought, like, yo, you, you tried to fight me. Like, <laughs> damn, but he never, he never had to battle me to know that that was just me rhyming. That's all it was. That's it. There was no way, unless he would have said something, like, you said something that would have been aggressive that would have made me say, okay, what's up? You want to fight? You know, that's the only way something could have happened uh, violently had he done something like that. But other than that, I was just rhyming. That was all it was. But, um, yeah, man, the knowledge the knowledge in the East was different. We learned, we, you know, it's a lot of Muslims around. It's a lot of five percenters around. Yep. You know, the gang. Gangs wasn't really like that in New York. We had a few gangs and stuff like that, but it wasn't really like it was in other places. D.C., they really didn't have no gangs. They had drug cliques, and those drug cliques in D.C., I saw a man beat a woman with a two-by-four for a $5 food stamp. I don't know if y'all had them over there. No, no. In these days, mid-'80s, we had food stamps over here that was like paper money. Yeah. And, uh... This lady, this lady went to one of the biggest drug dealers on the block, and she had a five dollar food stamp. And this motherfucker, he had the um. I feel bad about the story because I didn't fuck him up, but he had a two by four in his hand. And he was just collecting his money or whatever, and she came up to him. All I did was see her come up to him with the five dollar food stamp. I don't know the details of the conversation, but I was close enough to see what happened. Yo, he beat this woman to death. With a two by four. Wow. You understand? Over that over over that five dollar food stamp. And I believe it was purple if I'm not mistaken. But it's just the, the violence and the ignorance that I've been around and that I've seen and that hurts my heart that the black people are like that. It's, it, I'm tired. It, this is this is this goes about the things you're talking about. The reason why I'm speaking about all these things is because I'm tired. I've been tired. I was tired when I when I didn't move. I'm tired. This is see see the the, the righteous people on the planet Earth. Yep. Listen, the black woman is the only woman on the planet Earth that can make black, brown, red, yellow, white, purple. Are you the only person on the planet Earth that can do that? She's the only one. There's nobody else. Nobody. That's... Nobody. Nobody. Everybody else only duplicates themselves. She she could be she could be a dark black woman with a dark black man and have a light skinned baby. Yep. 
Eddie Fink. You understand? Yep. That's real. This, this is, that's power, man. That's some. So if she's that way and she comes from the black man, who the fuck are we? We gotta be the shit. Yep, but a lot. And you mean to tell me we taking all the power that we have as being the fucking shit and we killing each other senselessly? Yeah. And that's what we doing with this power? That's stupid, man. Yep. That makes us the stupidest fucking man on the planet, bro. So I'm tired as well, like you said. I am tired black man. And and, and I'm with the shits too. That's the that's the worst part. I'm with the shits. Don't I don't want you playing with my people. I don't want you disrespecting my peoples at all. If me and you together, don't be don't be stepping on his foot. Don't be pushing him around. Don't be talking gangster here to him. Nah, cause now I'm ready to die. Yep. This is the indoctrination that's been putting us from four hundred years ago from person to person to person to grandmother to grandson to granddaughter to mother Pass to son. Heredity, yep. And it's so hard to shake even um what? Because yeah. it's life. It became life. But that's the way, what we're doing. This is the part we don't understand. It's like we're, we're, we're doing and acting like the one who oppressed us. Facts. That's all it is. That's why we'd be like, oh, you black ass nigga. We said that like that's a bad thing. No, first of all, if you're dark skinned black, that means the sun loves you. The natural sun is gonna make you even strong. You got the strongest melanin yep. on the planet, yep. like that. That's the superpower as a fucking black person. That melanin. I mean, you, you said it. I think you said it on that freedom of death. You the strongest man on the planet, dark black man, Asian and Hispanic. <laughs> I love you, kid. <laughs> you know your shit, boy. You know your yo. I, I told you, I only say what I got to say, man. Yep. I only say what I got to say, man. I, I, I cannot be fake. I'm not going to be unreal. And you, and you know what? I, I, I'm thankful because, to be honest with you, you know, I'm going to just keep it real. Because, like, you know, we didn't grow up and we didn't heard so many different artists that, and a lot of them, they kick stuff that sound good and it sound real and it sound like they down. For, and sometimes you meet these people and you get so disappointed because, um... It ain't necessarily in there. Well, it ain't for me to judge and say what's in their heart. But, um, you know, I remember, I'm going to go slightly off topic. I remember a few years back, I did some stuff with the Outlaws and I brought them over to the UK. And I, w- I was trying to explain and convey to Young Noble um, of the Outlaws just the importance of what Tupac and, and you know, the, the message and the music. And he was just like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like. You know, but even talking to you so thus far in the stuff that I said, I can see that you receive and you, you know, you appreciate on, on, on just the level that, you know, so it's a two-way thing. But there's a lot of artists out there as well. They kick the deep stuff. And, and it ain't for me to say that they ain't really deep like that. But sometimes you try and show them that, I re, you know, I, I received that message and, and they just, you know, get nothing back from them. So that can be quite disappointing. So I just want to salute you on that too as well. true 
my true job has not been touched. My true job has not been touched because the people can't hear. They can't hear me talking on the song with Tupac about the black cop. They don't know that's who I'm talking to. Like, you know, the black cop in the, in the neighborhood. Yep. Like, Come on, man. What are you doing? There you I go. We came here. We came here and changed. And our crime was being black. We came here and changed. And then when they had to take the physical chains off, they put other chains on. <laughs> so yep. it's like, what's this? Well, how don't we realize that? That's yeah. all we're dealing with. Nah, it, I mean, it, it's tough because, like you said, not everybody at the same even level of just, um, not even just intellect, but even being able to process what's going on. And, and a lot of us, we hurt. A lot of us, we don't, you know, it's like when you mention certain things to some black folk and they just go quiet. They don't want to really entertain the notion of it. It's just easier to, um, you know, a lot of hurts happen. Yeah, we still, a lot, I think we're still in that hurting process overall, man, so... And, and and of course we are, cause we still hurting each other as well. So you know the hurt ain't stopped for 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 many years. It's sad, man. It's really, 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 really sad to be the original people of the planet, the original kings, Facts. the original builders, the original people with math and science, the original people who have love and compassion and this, that, and the third, and can build this and that. And for us to be against each other, they have tried to take us out many times. They just can't do it. If you kill the black man, you kill the whole planet. Everybody, yeah, they, I mean, they ain't going to exist, so um, which I, I do... You know, believe that. <laughs> I ain't gonna get too deep into that, but um, cause we we got a lot of other listeners, and we ain't trying to offend no other listeners out there. But um, we're talking facts, and we're talking science. We can get into it from many levels, but um, I, it's it's funny you say that, cause I was thinking earlier that we so um not necessarily hated by others, and I I was thinking in one aspect. Nobody doesn't ultimately have the um the power or control to sort of hold us down, but they rule overrule us by our own ignorance or lack of knowledge and um because if if most people even knew who they was and felt and really um was was firing from that, then you know other people couldn't really treat you like shit. They couldn't really look down their nose at you. They couldn't look at you as um any less than what you know you are. But because um most of us we don't know nothing and, and we've we've come into a new sort of um programming where they've been able to program people with a new sort of identity of what to accept of what it is to be whether it's human whether it's black whether it's afro whatever it is through all these titles and stuff like that so people's minds have just been completely sort of uh, reset and reprogrammed which is um i think a big part of the problem and not just black people all people but yeah you know what's gonna happen it's gonna be a white man that's gonna be I think as as we've seen a lot of things, a lot of black people, they they only that's the only time they're gonna listen is really when it comes from um somebody white or somebody else, because um we've had so many you know, teachers and, and, and scholars in different ways, you know, teach us and try and raise us up. And, and, you know, some have been risen up, but a lot of people, they ain't listening to no other black folk, man, unless it comes from um somebody they deem as from the establishment with certain kind of credit. And it's like, okay, it's okay to listen to them. We can listen to what they're saying. It's going to be Eminem. <laughs> it's going to be Eminem and shit. I mean, why Eminem's you... Gonna be like, oh. You, you niggas is acting stupid now. That's it. I had enough. That's it. Stop killing each other. Cut it out. I mean, I'm going to ask you. 
What do, what do you think, Eminem? Not in a, I won't go too much on Eminem, but one thing that always not 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 got me. One thing that always interested me when I used to see all these rappers, God, and they would all be like, M M the M the they'd all put M in their top five, and I'd think you know that just sound like politics to me because not not to take away nothing from the guy's talent, but I don't think he. There would be so many rappers like you know Redman, all these people, and they're all putting M in their top five, and I was thinking, I oh, don't know, this all seem a bit. Eminem is not my top five. He's he's in my top ten. Okay. He's in my top ten. Lil Wayne, see, I ain't even get to finish about the Lil Wayne shit. Real quick, when I battled Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne ended up going to college. When he went to college, he took up linguistics. When he came from <laughs> college, he did a song called Fireman, and from there, he was one of the best. After that, he learned how to rap. After learned how to rhyme. After that, after that, you just couldn't stop. crazy you say that it, but now that you say that it makes sense because i didn't really notice it that much but there is a lot of cussing i leave motherfuckers ready to run man god damn <laughs> yep it's just, it's just a uh it's just a way to get any of them or I just kept it unreleased? No, I actually did it when I um, when I fell, you know, ill from my uh, car accident, couldn't walk. It was one of the things I did the past time. Okay. Which was bad. I had time to think. But yeah, man, I, you know, you're not no rap guard. You know, you got these people gassing you up. Don't get gas because you, listen, I can't say, oh yeah, I'm me, I'm me, I'm me. I gotta say, listen, Master P saved my life. 
because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that man. And what happened with Eminem, you wouldn't be Eminem if you wasn't with Rod Digger and um, um, the East Siders in New Jersey. If you wasn't uh, listening to, to all the black music in the world, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be you. And if you was black, we probably wouldn't even listen to you like that. Not saying that you're not talented and skillful. It's just that if you was black, that wouldn't probably... Would make no sense to us. Yeah, I think, you know, Benzino said that before, and he got a lot of negativity for it. And to be honest, I think, you know, some people were riding with him because of it. And, you know, Pace One, as you mentioned from The Outsiders, he actually did release a song where he expressed that, where Eminem had taken their inner expression and turned it into a bit of a joke style and stuff like that, which, you know, a lot of people weren't really up on the music. They wouldn't really know all of that. So, um, so yeah, you were... Yep, and Rod, as you said, Rod Digger from the Outsiders as well. Um, before you know, she was like Outsiders flip mode first, Outsiders then flip mode. So now see, now that's another story because Rod Digger was there when I battled Buster Rhymes, and she was like, "Holy shit!" The whole time she was look kind of looking at him <laughs> like, uh, "You're not gonna win this one." Right. Like she knew. Yep. She, she, nobody else in there wanted no parts. Put it like that. Ain't nobody try to jump in. Ain't nobody try to say nothing slick out their mouth. Everybody was like, yo, you an ill nigga. That's all they kept saying. Even KRS-One. Like, yo. And plus, that's what you don't understand. Must understand. I'm an uptown nigga. Now, I live in Brooklyn, but my family's all in the Bronx. So, KRS-One, someone I look up to, was in the room when I battled him. Oh, I'm going to kill you. Yep. And was Scott LaRock there? Was was Scott LaRock there as well? Or, uh... Scott LaRock was—you gotta remember, this was I think that's why I mentioned it because um I just remember you you shouting out you you was probably doing some yeah. shout outs on one of those songs um I, that's the one that's where kind of, um yeah. that's that oh yeah actually yeah that's what it is that's the um song where uh, it is on YouTube and you you start it off and then on the old school then you flip it Okay, okay. I was I wasn't sure if it was like an old recording that you had from before or something. Yeah. Nah, it's all good. So um, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up kind of soon. I just um, we got a couple, probably a couple more questions. I wasn't sure if we should touch on the Snoop Dogg, um, Malice in Wonderland. Um, but I mean, with yeah, we could we could touch on that. Lastly, because I mean, we still gonna chop it up anyway, and we can always go in for maybe a part two and stuff. At the minute where we've been recording at now, we've probably even gone over like an hour and 38 minutes. So what I'm going to do is we'll go into the Snoop Dogg, Malice in Wonderland. We'll speak a bit about that. And then to end off, I'm going to probably ask you what some of your favorite No Limit albums could have been that you didn't listen to. Or who who could have been one of your favorite artists on No Limit who didn't really, um who we, who we may not expect. So, um, so yeah, in terms of the Snoop Dogg thing, because, um, you know, Snoop, once again, another form of Tank Dogg. And, you know, we're all about the unity and stuff like that, but we got to explore just things that happen. And sometimes these things ain't nothing that crazy. We understand music. We've seen the um, a Malice in Wonderland sort of Snoop Dogg. This popped up on YouTube a few years ago. Um, 
what was the story behind that? Because you kind of put a little smoke on him. Lyrically. Okay. <laughs> well, Snoop was, was the biggest thing at No Limit. Yep. First of all. And uh, Snoop had came to me about writing for my sons at one point in time. Now, mind you, when Snoop first came out, I'm an East Coast nigga. I just, I just didn't feel it. I was like, he an ABC rapper. Yeah. He rhymed like the ABCs, and I just didn't feel it. Now, after a while, I began to respect, because he had a joint called Murder Was The Case, and he had, uh, he had a couple joints that was hot, and no doubt about it. So I began to respect him, uh, you know, a little bit. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I'm a battle rapper. This is what people didn't... What people got to understand when they talking and listen to me. All I did in prison, all I did on the street was battle rap. I've been 100, 100, 200 people watching me battle whoever. That's where I come from. So for me to to be on somebody's tip was difficult. You had to be a, either a real type of nigga or, or you could spit your ass off for me to fuck with you. So what happened with Snoop, he, he wanted to write something for my kids. And to me, I'm like, you can't rap, so hell no. And that was in my mind. You know what I mean? But I respected him. So uh, that Master P shut that down. So uh, Snoop didn't get the right for them, which was cool. Everything was cool. Me and Snoop was all right. I finally fucking around and smoked with Snoop. Uh, that's the last time I would ever do that again. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Listen, that's no lie. I will never, I don't give a fuck. If Snoop passed me a cigarette, I don't want it. Oh, shit. I smoked, I smoked something with Snoop. We was outside of the tank in uh, Baton Rouge. And me and my sons came out. We was all kicking and talking and shit. And I sent them, you know, to the hotel and shit. That was right beside the tank. All the tank dogs be up in there. So I, he, he rolled up a blunt. We was just kicking and talking. Like, man, I'm learning to care for him as a tank dog, and that's the worst thing that could happen because now that I care for him, let not nobody say or do nothing to him, period. Yeah. I don't care about no night. I don't care about no whoever. So don't come near him. So he rolled up a blunt. He hit it, whatever. He passed it to me. I'm just whatever. Now I'm from the East. Nigga, pass that shit. He passed that shit. I took one hit. And I, I looked at him, he had 12 heads and some bowls in this shit. I said, I'm, I'm out of here. That's it. I left him alone. <laughs> that was the last time I would ever smoke with that guy. I mean, did you, so, did you find out from him why, why it was he was smoking? Whatever <laughs> yeah, he was smoking, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do So anyway, everything started happening at No Limit. You're like, uh, Beast by the Pounds start to leave. People trying to sue P, this, that, and third. You know, I, I didn't leave on a bad note with P. So anyway, I goes to L.A. in 2000s. This is in the 2000s now when No Limit pretty much is kind of just, just they, they, everybody's going there which way. This may be 2004, 2000-something. So I'm in L.A., it's NBA All-Star Weekend. You ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, NBA All-Star Weekend in L.A. So okay. I see Snoop. Mm, I, saw, I saw Warren G. Me and Warren G kicking and shit. 
he took me to Snoop, me and Snoop gave love to each other. Bishop John Wall was there. I, I was just thinking about the stuff. Everything was good. So I'm telling Snoop how I wrote a movie for him and uh, Damon Wayans. So he's interested. He's like, what? But he's, he, you know, it, it sounded like he, he keep wanting me to go into detail about the movie. But me not really knowing the business, I held back what I could held back. Of course. I told him as much as I could or whatever. So he's interested in the movie. It was called Dog Catcher. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he said, listen, man, I'm going to be in New York this, 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 this date at BET at such and such o'clock. Yo, meet me over there. I said, all right. He said, yo, meet me over there. I said, all right, man, I'll be there. So that day came months later. I come over there with the script to BT. I'm no everybody know me at BT, so I was cool. I got there before he did. And um I'm over there with the script and everything, waiting on Snoop. Boom, Snoop shows up. So as soon as he come in, you know, I, you know, I'm just I'm in there chilling. Mind you, I'm an ex no limit soldier, and he is too. Yep. So we both in there. He see me doing what I do, he doing what he do. Snoop Dogg lit up a fucking blunt at BT 106 and Park. And it stunk the whole fucking place up. I was so mad at him because his kids in there. What? Yeah, for real. I was mad. I was mad. I'm a five percent of man. We we really more with the the knowledge more than anything. Of course. So I was mad at him for that. I was mad at him for that and I had to like try to shield it. Try to shield it from him. Say, yo, man, why are you smoking that shit up in here with these babies up in That's what I won't say to him, but I, I, I didn't say it. So anyway, we started talking about the movie and shit. He was like, okay, but tell me this and tell me that. This, 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 this. And I was like, I got the script right here. He was like, all right, well, let me take it. And I was like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, I was funny about giving my music to P. Anything I write, I'm funny about separating it with, separating from it. So I ain't saying it was the best move, whatever. But I told him no, whatever. Next thing you know, he was like, yo, I'll be right back. So he like he was going to the bathroom or something. So he left out the dressing room. I was chilling. Something told me, yo... Go outside and smoke a cigarette. So I goes outside to smoke a cigarette and see this motherfucker getting in the car and leaving. Wow. So he broke his word, right? Yep. So I was I was so mad, man. I was so so mad that I went and I wrote that song. That's when that song came out. Uh, what is that? Drop it like it's hot. Uh, yeah. That's okay. When it came out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That came out. So I, I went right to the studio on him. Same day. Went to the studio on him and, and, and wrote that, that, that song. And I said, for the shit you did at BET. You know what I'm saying? It's because he, he didn't keep his word. And God understand, man, who I am as a person, I don't give a fuck who you are. Don't disrespect me in no manner because I'm always ready to die. Which is stupid. Which is something I've got better at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know. But, you got to um, find in the balance. He, yeah, I've learned to uh, better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But because he, 
Keith has honored his word or what he said he was going to do, I got super offended because I would have never done that to him. And at the time he did that, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, pretty much trying to find something to keep me from going back to the streets hard body. Got you. So it was almost out of desperation, kind of. But it wasn't, but it kind of was. And uh, he abused that fact. And uh, I got super offended and I wrote that rhyme about him. And like I said, honestly, to tell you the truth, the beat wrote the rhyme for me. Because if you listen to the first bars of the rhyme, it's not talking about him. Even though I went and did it that day, it, was, it wasn't talking about him. It just went into it. It went into to, the whole, whole second verse became about Snoop. You know, and at the end of the first verse, it became about Snoop. You know what I mean? I just let my frustrations out on him. And I was dead serious. Everything I said on there, Wonderful. dead serious. It wasn't no games. It wasn't. Because I even said, I said, yo, I don't want to fight you. I want to rhyme against you. But if you want to fight, we could do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, everything was real. It wasn't no, no fake shit in there at all. Nowhere. Yeah, we could feel the energy behind it. I mean, going forward from that, have you, um... Have you ever seen Snoop since or since that occasion or since you did? Now, what happened with that is the West Coast started getting at They started talking crazy to me. I was getting all kinds of death threats and fucking comments on video, uh, internet and all that type of shit. I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, whatever. But um, Snoop started doing something with his kids. And when I saw that, I dropped. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get. I, I still can't get control of that channel on YouTube to take the video off because I would have took it off. I don't have control of it, and I don't know enough about the internet to get them to realize that I'm the one who put all that stuff up there. Um, I wish someone could help me with that. We can I look. I mean, we can look into it. What cha- what channel is? It? When we finish this, we'll, we you know we can look into it anyway. Yeah. So uh, when I saw Snoop doing things for the babies. Man, I wanted to get rid of the video, but I couldn't get it off of there. Got you. So I, I issued an apology. I issued an apology to him like a man. Something I've never done, you know, when it comes to this music. I never apologize, but I apologized to him. I said, yo, man, I see you doing things with the babies, man. You ain't got time for this. And I, and, I, and I belittled myself as much as I could. You ain't got time for this punk bullshit, this little street bullshit, dumb shit. You know, you're doing big things. I appreciate you as a man. And I should have thought better. And, you know, I, I said everything I could yeah, to, yeah. to make the people who like the song say, you know what, let me respect Snoop because Snoop is out here doing things for these babies. You know, and, and that's what made me fall back. You know what I'm saying? But one one time I thought he said something slick, I jumped right back on his ass. It was two, it took him two seconds for me to think he was talking to me and I jumped <laughs> on his ass real quick. I'm a fucked up person. Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's that short, well, we see why you're called, that's that short fuse right there. Yeah. Two so, seconds, that was... It was all right, fuck this nigga, I'm gonna kill this nigga, it's all. What's up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, shout out to Snoop, but, uh, now. Well, on, on that yeah, note, well, we'll tie up even on that note, because we'll, that's a nice segue, even going from Snoop, who, um, as you said, a former, you know, No Limit label mate, um, still a soldier in his own right. So even on that, that note, what will probably be interesting and what I want to ask is, 
Um, and this could be anyone. What was one of your favorite No Limit albums or artists? So, get yeah, okay. Oh, what? Ooh, yo, I love. I mean, nobody don't want no problems with me on that mic, man. And 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 he'd be the first one to tell him, whatever you do, don't try to battle this guy, because he's not gonna stop. He's just not. He's not gonna stop. You know what I mean? But you know, uh, back to this. As far as my favorite favorite people on No Limit, get a commission. GC. Yep. When I say scary, man, I'm talking, you know, I think about lyricists. And the lyrics that they got and how they put them, they had a Tupac way about them, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm only calling it Tupac because Tupac was known for some a certain kind of reality. Yeah, no, rap. real shit. Yeah, yeah, was, I know it. That was untouchable. I can't even touch it. To me, that's just, he's the best to ever do it. Yeah. To me. Tupac. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't touch. I detest with that. So many tears, and if I die tonight, yep. And you know the Machiavelli album. You talking some shit that just Biggie could touch that shit. And I was fighting with people in Brooklyn, and you know people just like, yo, why are you talking like Biggie? Tupac can't do nothing but flow. I'm like, bro, those <laughs> are lyrics, fool. Yeah, he playing with us niggas. Like he's this is life work for him. Yep, they don't understand that. One of mine too, man. Definitely. You gotta listen to it again. I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm. Goddamn album was crazy. Was crazy, and at the time he did that, I was a warrior on these streets so hard, and, and that was my only friend. That was my only friend. That was the only thing I trusted was that album. I didn't trust nobody around me. I didn't trust the streets. I didn't trust nothing. I trusted that album. That album to tell me how vicious I was at that point in my life. So, Ghetto Commission, when I heard them on the Little Soldiers joint, oh my God, man. <laughs> I ain't living right. Please, Lord, guide me through. I'm going through the fence line. Yo. They was going crazy yep. on that fucking song on the boot camp album. That's one of my favorite. Yo, it's so hard. This is why, you know, I man, I got so much to tell you. Damn. Well, that's why we, de- we, we definitely going to have to do. Damn, we're going to have a part two, three, four, all that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta write down shit. Don't let me forget about talking about Ghetto Commission and the Little Soldier album. But uh, Ghetto Commission, they was they was seriously ill. Uh, Sons of Funk, they was super talented. I had one of the best songs in the world with them. And uh, Mia X, stupid with it. Yep. Mystical. Me and Mystical did a video song together, and we kind of like battled each other on this song. Nobody knows about this, but niggas in the tank. It was very, very intense and very serious. I still got some of the pictures. The music has been burnt up and stolen and all types of shit. Crazy. So I don't have it, but somebody has it. But on that song, Mystical was kind of like, you know, because I was just like that dude at the tank. 
And Mystical was like, you that new dude, but I'm the dude. That's what he kind of was saying. Yeah, yeah. Because on my, on my verse, I'm like, I'm taking everybody out. Big pun, little pun, this black dude, this black dude. I'll take anybody out. That's what pun was living. I didn't, whoever was at the top, I was coming at the Kofi, period. Uh, Mystical got on the song and basically said, okay, yeah, you're a real street dude, this, 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 this. But can you do this? And what he did when Master P put us on the song together, I wrote my shit like in, I don't know, an hour or less. Silk didn't even write his shit. It took him about five hours. No, no, I'm bugging. It took him a couple hours to get it recorded, but he didn't write it down. He wanted to be like a JV at that time. Yeah, yeah. That's what his that's what we saw his competition at. So he he didn't write he didn't write shit down. He stopped writing. Once he heard Jay Z didn't write rhymes, it was over for him. He wasn't writing shit. Yeah, yeah. He was gonna Yeah. So uh on that same song it's called We Run the Streets, which was my uh my single. And uh-huh. um Mystical Mystical got on there, like I said, he was talking about me being, it wasn't saying me, but he was just talking like the street niggas, but I know he was talking to me. Of course. And what he did, it took, he asked for a, 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 a thesaurus. Mind you, I'm from the street at this time. I don't know no goddamn thesaurus is, but <laughs> to me, it was a rap book. To me, it was a rap book with words that rap and shit. So I'm i lost respect for him right there when he had a book right in his verse yeah. for my song. I remember. I'm walking, <laughs> by him. I'm walking by him in the studio laughing at him like, look at this nigga. You know what I'm saying? And uh, come the, when he finished, five hours later, when he finished writing his verse, five hours later, yo, that shit was so hot and creative. <laughs> That shit was so creative and hot. I was like, oh, shit. You did that? The girl started writing, and it was taking them forever. Yep. It was serious. It, it, it. Updated. Oh shit, they're running interference. Yeah, you you with me, God? They run, they these these. Damn, these devils running it, running interference. Yeah, I'm back with you. They running interference on this line, man. Oh yeah, I'm I'm back now. I... Yeah. yeah, I was saying that uh, you know, I just was looking down on uh Mystical when he used the thesaurus. You know, I, I really thought it was a fucking rap rap book, and I looked down upon him. But what he did with it, he came out very creative with it, man. And I'm you know sorry that that he's going through the shit he's going through. He's really a cool guy, man. Be yeah. a cool guy. Them New Orleans people in New Orleans, man, they are born killers, man. Let me tell you. They born killers. Master P almost killed me a few times coming to the house. You know, he used to be on the, all right, we do the show. We used to do shows and jump straight in the van and go back to the mansion. Me, I'm going to get me some pussy. 
I'm not playing with these down south bitches, these out west bitches. I'm going to get me some chicks. So we would get back to the mansion, and I would grab a jump in one of the Benzes, Bentleys, or whatever we had, in the, and I'm out, killing them, gone. And so uh, sometimes I would come back a little late, but Master P, I'm the only one who ever seen him sleep. Nobody never seen this man sleep. That's real talk. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a true fact. <laughs> you ask people had they I've ever seen that man sleep. Yeah, yeah. They never sleep. I caught him sleep one time. It was on our way from Houston to uh, New Orleans. That's the only time I I, call, I got a picture. I got the picture with him sleep. Nobody never seen that man sleep. They never seen him sleep. Just like they never seen uh, Elijah Muhammad never seen Master Farad sleep. Never seen it. Uh, yeah, I remember you said that. But anyway, uh, yes, uh, so uh, I forgot what I was talking about. I went deep somewhere. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I used to come to the mansion a little late, and when I walk up, you just see all type of dots on me, red dots from the from the pistols. That's the piece to be in the window. He didn't know who I was, and I used to have to pull my tank out. It's me. It's me. <laughs> That's a cool story, even a bonus um little story right there. So um, yeah, that's dope. One more thing, just I want to ask you on this one. Um, we heard a a C murder track out oh, that we and and C went so deep on it. He a writer for the revolution, which we know and you know my nigga freedom. Can you see him? And I'm thinking, where was freedom on that track? What's going on with that track, man? tell you that story. See, that goes back to the Buster Rhymes thing. Oh, now, shit. You gotta listen to that carefully. He was talking to Buster Rhymes. Oh, you shit. Know, yeah. nigga, he was talking to Buster Got with no limit. Now these niggas want to be <laughs> Right. Damn. Exactly. Damn. That's what he was talking about. He was just a rider, man. I he can tell. He yeah, yeah. Buster, and he didn't give a fuck. He... He didn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> Let's get him. You fucking with my artist, you fucking with me. That's how C Murder took that shit. I got the full song. That motherfucker was not playing. That's one of his best verses ever. Yeah, yeah. I, with me. I, yep. You can feel a whole different. I mean, you know, C, he definitely got that warrior yeah. spirit. And, um, yep. I like I like that. Can, can we ever? Is there a way we go ever hear that um that OG track from that? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna let that out. But what happened was, 
he say see murder on it so much I didn't want to fuck with his case in no kind of way and the shit he's talking about on there even though I take it away from him and start talking about black man on that song okay you know what I'm saying I'm gonna listen to, I'm gonna listen to that as soon as we get off this phone man um, I start talking about you know I, I didn't tell you to see murder just happened we happened to be at Master P's house one night it was like two or three in the morning C came over and shit and um my man was up uh who was it um damn i know his name i forgot his name he rapped too man but he he, he made a beat and he was playing the beat and uh i was vibing i was in the peace studio you catch the elevator downstairs of peace house and you, you, you get up the elevator as soon as it opened, the studio, it's the studio. And so I'm in the studio, so I'm hopping out to that shit. Oh, he flew off. He went to Yeah, bro. I'm, Yo, yeah, I'm back. I don't know. Yeah, this shit kind of be bugging. So you said you was in this. You went downstairs the elevator to the studio. Yeah, when you come in the when you come in the mansion, you know, uh, to your left, there's a elevator. When you get on that elevator, it goes lows. The third floor that it goes to is the studio. And uh, he see murder have to come in that night and saw me in there. And um, he started, I told him to get on his track with me, and he did. And he went off. And he, I guess he knew I was going through with Busta Rhymes at that time, because I just did bring my... Bird is here. He went crazy, man. He went crazy and then left. Gave me that love and left. That was my homie. Murder, that's man. crazy well we it's funny because there's, there's, there's a there's a story like that for how um the down for my nigga saw got recorded and they say same thing he just went to the studio went crazy laid it down left it and out because they were fucking with snoop then so he kind of um you know he he he, he definitely Dude, that was snoop songs. yep so see, yeah, that was snoop shit. I'm hoping you know, see case man. Yeah, I, I mean, I we I hope you know one day we ain't stop praying for him and you know we've been screaming free C since they didn't held him. So um, hopefully by the good graces of God, one day that man could be home with his family and his kids and stuff. Most importantly, you know. I'm fortunate, man. I'm fortunate, man. Good heart, man. His heart is good. And he was just like a Nipsey Hustle, man. He was that kind of person. Like, he stayed in the hood. He stayed going to the hood. You know, he was just, he was just that type of person, man. He just was, Silk, Silk was different. Silk was, you gotta understand, all the Percy, all the Miller boys, excuse me, all the Miller boys got great hearts, man. Silk was, was just full of himself, though. Yeah, yeah. I, he, yeah, yeah. So, so, he wanted to do, it and that that took him. He wasn't a fake motherfucker. He he did shit, and Silk. I keep telling people, they keep saying, "Yo, Silk was a horrible rhymer. He sound like Blueface." Yo, Silk will kill Blueface freestyling. Yep. He would murder him like it would be. It wouldn't even be a competition, man. 
Silk was nasty with the lyrics. You ever heard Executive Thug? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Silk, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to read it. Listen to what he's saying. But I didn't, have, I didn't like every time you and Silk got together. Um, you did some other stuff on his album. You did some ad libs and stuff as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for my, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did a couple things on Silk shit. But Silk was my man. He was, I stayed with him too, man. Him stayed together and shit. He ended up fucking with a lot of my my homeboys from New York and Jersey, they kind of tight. Like, they used to see each other when I ain't see so They would be in Cali with him or whatever. So was, he didn't care about money and all that type of shit. He didn't give a fuck about nothing. But that ultimately kind of, kind of, destroyed him in hip hop because he would get on the he would get on the stage and kind of like put the mic out there for people just to sing his song instead of him performing it and with slippers on like silk was the type to walk up on the stage with some sweatpants on some flip-flops and go out there and do his shit then i guess people got tired of that you know yeah yeah you know they got tired. yeah no that's crazy um so i'm i think i'm gonna play that i'm he had a yeah, I'm gonna play that executive fug later when I get off this call. Definitely, <laughs> I, I forgot about that executive yeah, fug. Executive that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you made you you bought it back. You, you bought it back on me because I forgot. You know, I forgot about that one. But um, I'm gonna have to play that because got re especially. Yeah, that's you, Silk and Slate, Slate Sean, right? Yo. Slate Sean, Slate Sean, couldn't, he wasn't really a, he couldn't rap to me, but he could put words together. But he, it wasn't him, you know what I mean? I almost killed Slate Sean one day at uh, Silk's mansion, you know what I mean? Because he, he started, like, to me after hearing me you know he wanted to write songs for romeo like i did for little soldiers you know and then he was part of no limit east so you know it was a little robbery there but then you know because of p i took him on in and so when he comes to new york you understand yeah yeah yeah, he, he, you know, I, I start fucking with him real crazy, and it was that it wasn't that he couldn't rhyme. He couldn't rhyme to me. He was like a rapper to me. You know what I'm saying? So I began to. He was a Jada Kiss to me. Like Jada Kiss. If you listen to Jada Kiss on the song, if the song is called Outside, he's gonna make something rhyme with Outside at the end of the rap. I, to me, I, that's not. I know it. I know what you, you mean. Know? Yeah, yeah. I get. I got you. That's not really. Well, that's not what I do, so I, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as a threat. So when I say this one couldn't, you know, this one, I didn't look at him as a whatever. I'm not disrespecting them. I'm saying, as far as I'm concerned, that's not a threat to me. And to me, I look for threats in this game. Tupac was a threat. DMX was a fucking threat. You understand? These people were threats in, in my in my world. I wasn't, you know, all the rest of them was just some rapping type of guys that I'll take out. Yeah, I'll wash them up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, I didn't look at Shirley St. John like a big talent, you know, but he was a, 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 a critiqued rapper. He could rap his ass off, you know, but it was just rap. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it, it was no, it was no backstory to it. 
Yeah, no, I, I feel you, I feel you on that a hundred percent, and that's what kind of separate, you know, just I guess the artists from the rappers because even artistry go back to even being like griots and people that you know can really encapsulate something and tell a message through music. Where, as you said, right. we we see so many spitters where yeah, they got the talent to spit and they can put you know a few words together and stuff, but that substance of um, I guess, and that, that I guess that's what always separates those who are really in it from those who are, you know, just got a little something to do at the time, because um, you get some, yeah, so I, I hear that. Say so, Sean wanted some money. Me, I didn't really give a fuck about the money, which, which Of course, I mean, you are, I mean, you already say you five percent, so I know straight out of the gate, you know, it's about not, it's about higher than just money anyway, so I already know what it is, but, um, yeah, right. so it's I lo- about that knowledge. Of course. Even if you listen to, listen, if you listen to the Little Soldier album, you hear a song called Okie Dokie. This was to stop these kids from disrespecting their parents and then growing up and being rebellious and growing up and being dr- on drugs and out in these streets, shooting guns and killing each other. This was what those songs was designed for. You know, you got songs on Little Soldier's album called like The Best in the World. Where, where his their cousin come on and say, I heard somebody better than y'all. And they like, what? We the best in the world. To keep your confidence up. I remember. You know, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. So, so that's what my, my whole shit was about. One of my favorite songs on um, Little Soldier's Boot Camp album is Chipped Out Tanks, where they go stupid with lyrics. And uh, Okie Dokie, where they talking to the kids. Close to you, where they talking to the kids. Where the Little Soldier's at, which is stupid lyrical if you listen to of it. Of course, yeah, yeah. God said, I'm the I in the alphabet. Who's thinking about that? Mm. You know, mm. nobody's thinking about what name they are in the alphabet. They're just, my name is this, you know, and that's that. Yep. You know, my son said, I'm the I in the alphabet, Illin. Illin starts with I. I'm the I in the alphabet, Illin on tracks. I'm the T in Too Cool. Chilling, chilling like that. <laughs> tea, too cool, chilling like that. You know, it's just, we was, we was, we was doing lyrics. Yep. It was lyrics with us. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it ain't, like I said, if, 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 if it wasn't a threat, I didn't consider it to be nothing. If it wasn't a threat. Now, the personal to take. I'm sorry to bring this back up. Master P. I'm, I'm actually. First day out. Okay, go ahead. Holy, no, listen. The first day, Master P, my sons was at the tank before me because I was locked up. And I had to get bailed out. Master P paid that high-ass bell. It was the highest bell in hip-hop ever. But anyway, when they flew me out there, you know, he, he had everybody waiting. And uh, I, I came in there, and everybody was there. Everybody, Skullduggery was there. Full-Blooded was there. You know, all the hounds and Cain and Abel, everybody was there. Cain and Abel was sick lyrically, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mac, holy shit. Oh, Fucking yeah. Mac was a problem. Mac was, Mac next, was, a problem. Mac was next level, Mac man. Yeah, yo. No, Mac was one of those dudes. It, it's, I'm, I was devastated when I got that news. I was at a Cain and Abel house that they locked him up for murder. I was fucked up. But like I'm trying to explain to you, nobody on the tank was with no don't play. There was no games. It was, everybody was real. Everybody had a gun. Everybody's riding around in big cars and Rolexes and, you know, got money in uh, Wells Fargo. You know what I mean? Was, you know, nobody was a game. So, 
Uh, Mac was another serious dude, but when I came there for the first day, Master P had everybody in the studio. Everybody started rhyming. Mac was there, he started rhyming, everybody was good. I really didn't hear no threats. I was, and in my own mind, I was like, oh yeah, I'll kill everybody. You know what I'm saying? Then, Master P went on. <laughs> you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think this, but it's the truth. I swear it's the truth. Master P started rhyming, but he freestyled. And he put my name in it and how, you know, I just went through whatever I went through. And, you know, he was going to be there. The tank was going to be there for me and my sons. He almost made me cry, man. But the, the, the freestyling, this was off the top of his head. Yep. He murdered it. He murdered it. I went off. Trust me, I went off. But when Master P, like, if you look on... um. If you look all the time when I was on BT inside the booth, when it's time for me to rock, everybody kind of like got caught. Shit. I, I remember. Like, about to say, I, I yeah, remember. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, shit. I remember even when you mentioned that. And if people look, when you step up, and um, if you look in the back at Pete, he looks so proud of you doing your thing, man. Um, he, you can see the, you can see the pride in him that when you step up and you, you know, you go, I'm not black Sasquatch the streets, and Pete like, yeah, you know, don't even eat that, you know, he's so proud, so um, I fuck with that shit, man. <laughs> Everybody knew how I was with them lyrics because let me tell you why they saw me write songs for kids that were harmless. But then they heard my shit that was not harmless. Yep. You understand? Of so course, that's too much. Switch them dimensions like that. I was doing two albums at one time. Ooh. You know, for, for for three different people. So they like, God damn, this kid is amazing. So when I step up to when it comes to me getting on tracks, it was straight respect. Nobody played with me. Nobody said no slick shit to me. None of that shit. Nobody, nothing. You know what I mean? So, um, when I heard P, man, listen, man, I, 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 I respected him as a weapon. I didn't respect him as no rapper. I said, oh, he's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He's a problem. That's what I said. When, I, when, when P started, when P, I think P went after me. Yeah, I think he went after me because he was standing right next to me. And the cypher went from whoever was standing next to him to around. And I was standing right next to him, so it went to me, and then it went to him. And when I did my shit, everybody was like, oh, I see why this, you know, everybody was, you know, giving me five. And, <laughs> you know, I could see the approval in people's eyes, like, yo, this nigga's sick. Yep. I did one of my best points. Man, when P got on that shit, boy, free off the top of his head, because he was rhyming about what was going on right then and there. Man, when he did that, man, I, I, did, my my eye folk, my eyes opened up like, okay, there's the problem. <laughs> like, okay, they ain't hey, mystical. It's not this one. It's not that. It's this it's motherfucker right here. Master <laughs> P. That's who it was. Man. And Master P, what he had with him was a confidence. So therefore, I could be doing a track, or mystical would be doing a track, or Silk, or whoever, and he'd be like, all right, let me get on this. And he'd just jump on there and do his do. But what P was doing was watering down what he actually could do for the money, for the business side of it, because he was a businessman. Of course, yeah, so yeah. What you're hearing from him, all of the albums besides About It and maybe a few other, they was just business uh, movements. Yep. What he really could do 
what he really could do, you ain't hear none of that. Wow. Yeah, that's a true story. That motherfucker, that's why he could sign people, because he, he was confident in himself. He'd get on the track with anybody. Did you ever hear him and me on, on a song called Do Rag? Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I love I'm that. The hottest nigga. Uh, fuck, fuck where you been at. So kid like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But see, that was and, and that I think was that that, that could have been around two thousand around that time. I think. Well, maybe when it re- maybe when it released, y'all probably did it before, but. That was that was crazy. I know he had he changed me to putting on them South Beats and stuff like that. And if you want to hear something straight, no limit east from me, it's a song called uh, "That's How It Is." Mad shit, God, you God, you took the word out of my head. I was just about to say it before you spoke because that's on um. Is that when you're on the Mike Diesel beat and you lay you lay down on that you lay down yeah yeah I, I didn't hear that I was yeah. just about to <laughs> so um, yeah that's a straight like that was a Freedom No Limit East track like that's what setting off No Limit East we, and it was bad because Diesel didn't want to give it up and I snatched it so it's a bad record it's a bad recording of it but that's me that's how I was coming yep you know if my dick was four inches I could still fuck dimes to get it. Yep. Think four and still dimes. <laughs> crazy. crazy. So harder than you get off my boat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Harder than you get off my boat because the waves in my flow make y'all all get soaked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that shit. Um, even just um, how you kick it up. Is that the one you circling the Bing Boy with the Desi Bird sunk in the seat? Right. We about eight deep. Yeah. Oh come yeah. on, man! No haters with me, just me and the team. Like that's some. Yeah, come that's on. Yeah, Yeah. And then you. Hell yeah, you know your shit, man. Yeah, man, shit. You know your shit, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I am really impressed. But yeah, man, that's um. That's a lot. That's a lot, and that ain't even. We ain't even scraped the surface of what I went through with No Limit, let alone No Limit East, let alone Little Soldiers. Of course. <laughs> well, I just want to say, man. Um, you know, we gotta give you say. I know you say you feel like your great work hasn't been completed, but I'm definitely gonna give you your salutations for everything that's been done thus far. Whether folks are aware or not, because you know it's all out there in the ethers. So, um, all right, you know, I gotta give you your props. So, salute on that, soldier. And now, uh, going forward, you know, they're gonna get to hear some of this unreleased stuff on this, um, No Limit East mixtape. Um, we're gonna do some international stuff and just really mix things up. So, um, for the, for the fans out there listening, y'all gonna, y'all just getting the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, man. Um, uh, Yep. Black Farms. Yes. <laughs> Black Farms, let's do it. So, let's do it. I said that in one of my songs, too. I think I said that in a song called uh, Rome, Rome These Trenches. Oh, I love Rome. I think. Okay, I'm going I'm to listen back because I, I like that Rome These Trenches. That's one of my jams. Black Farms as well. Snap a lot. Collar up a black. Yeah, oh, that's what I said. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, snap a lot. Collar up the black farms of Yeah, <laughs> yo, yo, so I love, I love, I hate rhyming, and I love, I hate, yo, 
And like I said, this shit is deeper than rap, man. I, 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 I got all these songs, man, because it's a, something in me that got to come out. I, I, and I know so, that. I feel that exactly the same. And that's where it's just that. That's that's the that, that's the lane that it's chosen to sort of come out. I know. It's bad, man, because, yeah, man, it's bad, man. It's really bad because I went up to the ninth grade in school. I have no idea where the fuck I got these words from. I have no idea. The first the first song I ever wrote, right? I would have to say now to self, because now I think about it. Because the first song I ever wrote, and the first couple of bars I said, uh, arising on the lyrics to explain my poetry. Rebels want to jock for the simple cause they know of me. Make the rhyme funky for your mind, your composition. Lift rhythm, tone for style and status. Just just doing some intelligent shit. You know, like I said, I used to listen to KRS-One. Yeah, yeah. You know, the rest of the big boys. But these words, I didn't know how the fuck I put these shits together. How I even started rhyming has to do with Jay-Z and Jazzo, you I told you that story, correct? Um, no, no um not in not in this um no 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 <laughs> J- J- oh, Jazzo shit. That's all that's a whole different dimension right there. That's my family. Oh wow, and and you know what? I, I, I about two, in two thousand and seven when I was just kind of putting together a little mixtape myself. Don't ask me how I did it, but somehow I ended up just on the internet and, you know, networking. I ended up with the guy Jazzo number and I called him and he actually did me like a shout out and all that. He didn't know me from anywhere, but, you know, a real good brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Johnny, man. That's Johnny. Johnny Ironhorn. Johnny Ironhorn, man, the Brooklyn band G. Right, that's 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 where... That's where it all kind of started at, man, with, with, with Jazzo's. Jazzo's is related to my cousin. My cousin, his mother had seven children and wanted the father, her, one of the fathers of her children is related to Jazzo. Jazzo has another cousin. His name is Jerome. Jerome Battle. He lives in Bedford, Virginia. Now, when I came down there to Bedford, Virginia on the run where my family was at, this was shit. This was in the eighties. When I went there, uh, me and me and Jerome became good friends. Jerome was a rapper. Now, I used to spit and everything, but I never wrote nothing down. That was the thing. I used to just come straight off the head. You know, we was doing routines up north. So, you know, when I went down there, I had all these freestyles off the, you know, head and everything. But Jerome was in the studio. I had never been in no studio. So, uh, Jerome's name, his rap name was Almighty Jay-Z. Oh, wow. This is a crazy story. Right. So, his name was Almighty Jay-Z. Right? So, uh, Jazzo was the big homie. He was the big cousin. You know what I mean? So uh, one day, uh, Jazzo and Jerome was was at uh, whose house? They was at somebody's house. Jay Z pulled up. Right. This was this was back in the back in the back in the days. Jay Z pulled up to come and get Jazzo and take him to Brooklyn. And so, you know, everybody was in there. We was all chilling. Niggas was rapping and all this type of shit. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. Jay-Z wasn't big at the time. Jazzo was, though. 
Jazzo was uh, assigned. Okay. And uh, so uh, this was before Hawaiian Sophie. Right. This was before that. Okay. And so, um, and, and so, so uh, Jazzo had the two people that was under him, which was his cousin. Almighty Jay Z, who was Jerome Battle, you can look that up, and uh, and, and Sean Carter, who was Jay Z. Right. So these were the Jay Z's. This is this is true story. That's crazy. <laughs> so there actually, actually, there's a magazine that got both of them in it, and it's um, I can't remember. I saw it in prison. I thought I stole it, but I, I, maybe I did. Maybe I did. I got I got to look through my paperwork. But anyway. It's a picture with all of them in, in on a on a photo, all of them, Jazzo and Jay Z, Jay Z and Jay Z, but uh, uh Almighty Jay Z, Jerome Battle, you know when when Jazzo and Jay Z left, he came to my house the next morning. In the morning, he knocked on the back in the basement. I opened the door and he said, "Yo, man, I'm going to the studio later on today. I want you to come with me." I was like, "All right, I'll pull up. I'll come." And he said, "Uh." I want you to write something and get on the track with me. I was like, all right. So I found a notebook. True story. I found a notebook through my aunt's house. Got a pen. I wrote 10 songs. This was something I didn't even, I didn't even peep what was going on. I wrote 10 songs that day. So when he came home, you know, he came in from the school, was right in the back of my house. He came to my house, knocked on the door, a little opened the door and shit. He's like, yo, you gonna you gonna come with me? I said, Yeah. He said, Did you write something? I said, Yeah, I wrote something. And I, I passed it to him. He said, He was going through it, going through it. He said, You wrote all this? I said, Yeah. He said, Today? I said, Yeah. <laughs> I said, When you woke me up, I started writing. He said, You wrote all this today. I wrote ten songs. I, to me, it was nothing. I didn't realize it, but to him, it takes him three weeks to write that. To write something, I, I got you. So this is this is why, I, and from that point on, when he let me know that, I made it my business to write more than everybody I know. So that's why I got thousands and thousands and thousands of songs right now, to this day. So that's how that happened. That's how I start writing rhymes because of Jay Z. The, so the Almighty Jay Z. If you yeah, if you look on a uh, if you look on a song called uh, Bedrock, I think it's called Bedrock on Locker Block. Then after you get to the end of the a video, you'll see me bring that up. You see me bring up J Jerome and just that and the third. Yeah. It's crazy, it's a fucking crazy song. I'm one when Jazzo and Jay Z got the got the beef in. I was at a Beyonce party, and uh, I wasn't with Jay. I came in with my crew, and um, we was at a Beyonce party in Manhattan on a side block, and I saw Jay, and I was like the only one that could speak to him about it because that's family. I just I walked up, I let him know who I was. He kind of remembered, kind of didn't, and I was like, yo, man, you know. Back in the day when we used to be in Virginia and we used to run around in Maryland and all, I was like, yo, man, you and Jazzo go back too far, man. He was like, yo, it ain't me. He told me straight up, he said, it ain't me, it's him. You know, and that that's how me and Jay got cool and shit like that. Jay's a, Jay, I've been with Jay many times, man. We got, you know, that's 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 the big homie, man. I got I've been with him many times in his in his uh in his in his offices and 
you know, studios and um, parties and shit like that. The last time I seen Jay, I partied with him, LeBron James, uh, Beyonce, of course, uh, Zab Judah. Everybody was there. Oh, that was for the reasonable doubt uh, release part, uh, after party. Okay. Yeah. That was on like the 65th floor right across the street. Me and my son, Young Free, was with me because Tata came out. Tata saw me. He's like, yo, Jay upstairs, you want to go up? I looked at my son. My son was like, you stupid? (laughs) (laughs) We went up there. We partied with him and Beyonce all night. I I danced Jay off the floor that night and everything. Yeah, man, good dude. I used to, I used to, I was there when Jim Jones and Hova started the beef. I was outside that day. Matter of fact, Yo, man, I got too many stories, kids. Man, I got too many stories. Yeah, it's I, in the book, man. yeah, that that's crazy. We could we can go into many, man. <laughs> well, I'm gonna stop this recording on this point right now, cause if they want any more, they're gonna have to catch up at the next point. But we gonna we can chop it up. I'm gonna just stop this recording right now, anyway. Love me, yo. Yo, I thanks everyone for listening, man. I appreciate you support this king right here, man. This man is one of the real ones. That's how we call it on this side, man. This side of the planet, man. This man right here is one of the real. Support this man. Listen to this man. Check out what this man is doing. Check out the path that he's walking on and talking on and breathing on. Do the knowledge. Just, just give yourself 20 seconds, a minute. Five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, five hours, a hundred hours, and check out what this man is doing so you don't miss something that you might regret years on down the fucking road. You might regret it because he's one of the guys that got a shuffle. If you don't see these guys with a shuffle, leave them the fuck alone. This man has a shuffle. Talk to him. He has a shovel. What that means? He's digging. And if he's digging, that means he knows the texture of the fucking soil. You understand? So please, do the knowledge to certain people. Stop letting certain people come across your timeline and you don't stop and say, who are you? What you're about? What do you think about this? Stop doing that. Start pulling these cats' coattails and ask them who the fuck they is so you can find out something. Knowledge is, 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 is everlasting, man. It doesn't stop. And a lot of these people have certain things that you might not have. And you have things that they don't have. This man has a lot of these things. He's one of them. We consider him. We consider him one of the real. So this is a man that you ain't got to worry about faking no jacks. You ain't got to worry about him front stealing and all this type of sucker shit. Because real ones don't do the sucker shit. And at the end of the day, people yes. listen to our music because they say, you know what? Them them the real guys over there. Those the real gangsters, the real thugs, and those guards. We those guys, man. And, and we have, the, we have the, the missing link. We are the magnetic piece. But you guys have to fulfill it in. You guys are, are, are just as real as well. But you don't know it because you don't know nobody like yourself. But you got to start pulling these people aside and asking them fuck who they are. Say hello. Say peace. Ask fucking birthdays and shit like we used to do back in the day. Wait, what's your birthday? And get into a conversation. So you can find out who you're stepping next to, who you're walking next to, who's on your timeline. You know, I appreciate y'all for listening, and I expect for y'all to support that man. When that man tell me to come out there, I'm pulling up. I want all the smoke, if there's smoke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm pulling up. 
whatever is gonna be done, I'm down to do it. You know, I want to give a shout out to the UK because y'all raised one of the best motherfuckers and one of the realest motherfuckers I know. You understand? And y'all listening to him right now. And over here we call him the Fonz. You understand? That's the Black Fonz right there. It used to be me, it ain't me no more. That man has that type. You understand what I'm saying? So please support. Pull that man over, find out what he's going through. Yo, shout out to the motherfucking UK for raising one of the realest. Yeah, you know I mean, this is Freedom Unique, aka Short Circuit, aka Lock of Blocks Down CEO. You understand what I'm saying, Father Little Soldiers? Check us out on YouTube. We all over the place. We all over the Instagram and all that. I really don't know nothing about the internet, but I'm trying to learn. Young God probably gonna have to tell me how to do all that. But check us out, man. Support us, man. We got one of the biggest documentaries, one of the realest documentaries and hip-hop it's going to be called boot camp reloaded and it's about the story of the little soldiers and you heard some of the things that's going to be uh involved in that story and it's way 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 more so you're going to enjoy it so please tune in fuck with the real one all right, peace God. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and we look, we're gonna be definitely looking forward to that boot camp reloaded. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Like a black down, no limit, all of that stuff. Stay tuned to bat.online.com. Diary of a tired black man. All right, that's a wrap on that. All right, God.